host of Talking Bollocks. Yes, it's me! I am back! Hello, um, welcome to Talking Bollocks. It, it, I am your host, Howard Smith, and um, this is a Christmas... Uh, is it a Christmas special? Yeah, it's sort of a sort of a rewired dot dot dot, uh, or rather hardwired dot 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 to self-destruct uh, special. Um, but it's kind of a, a Christmas uh, podcast special as well. Um, this is going to be coming to you in two parts, and um, got a number of special guests coming up. So um, I have spoken to lots of people about Hardwired. Um, some of the conversations stay strictly um, kind of talking about the album. Others stray into all sorts of different areas. Uh, I think Malcolm Dome and I managed to cover just a, well, quite a few topics as well as Metallica. Um, so there's all sorts of little bits and pieces for you um, to listen to. Um, but let's start with the usual intro. My name is Howard Smith. I am the lead singer of a rebooted, a rebooted thrash band, Acid Rain. And um, look, do you know what? Fuck it. You're here. You know. I just can't be arsed with that. And I, let me give you a little, a little window into the world of why I can't be arsed with that. I went switch my laptop on to record this podcast, and I got the blue screen of death. Yes, this laptop is only two years old. Some of you who've And that is as far as I got before, yes, you've guessed it, the laptop crashed again. So I've been able to recover that fascinating first part of the podcast. Um, and I just thought, yeah, fucking hell, I'm going to put this in here. I'm not going to spare you any of my grief. Um, this is really turning into a fucking, not a chore, because it's never a chore. You lovely, lovely people. But it is turning into something that is going to lead me into smashing something very fucking soon. Because if there's one thing that tries my patience very fucking quickly, it is IT. Um, but anyway, so there you go. That is my, um, that's my current scenario with the uh, technology. But anyway, technology aside, everything else aside, what has been happening in the world of thrash nay heavy metal um since we last spoke well since we last spoke um the band that i front acid rain uh played a christmas show in bridge end which was excellent we ticketed that ourselves um which is something we're not going to be doing again because that was a massive pain in the ass i have to say but um you know it we did it we have actually did it. We tried it. And um, uh, look, don't get me wrong. It worked out okay, but it was still a fucking huge pain in the ass. I've got to be honest with you. So, you know, such is life. Um, but it was great fun. Uh, and um, yeah, we're, you know, looking at the, looking into the new year. We've got uh, stuff lined up. Playing Gravesend in January. It's everyone's dream, isn't it? So uh, I can tick off Nuneaton and Gravesend and my uh, heavy metal cities that must be trashed. <laughs> Fucking hell. Nunnington, of course, as it's uh, as now know. I'm going to have to try and think of a stupid name for Gravesend. Although Gravesend seems to be pretty much stupid on its own. Um, so, what else has been going? Um, th this was quite amusing. Um, uh, what's her name? <laughs> this is terrible. Um, uh, Miss Janssen, um, who uh, is vocalist with... Uh, this is terrible. This is fucking terrible, okay? I um 
uh, it's Floor Janssen. I can't remember what uh, which band she's in actually, but they're all pretty much the same, aren't they? You know, just like you know, gothic, grandiose metal um, with a female vocalist going over the top, something like that. Um, that's incredibly reductive, isn't it? Yeah, that's me basically just being an ignorant cunt. There's no other way of um, no other way of putting that. But so, but anyway. Um, I, I thought this was really funny, I, um, and I, I, I kept this quote of hers. Her comments uh, about Slayer and the recent Metal Hammer interview um, were a regular light-hearted feature, The Metal Test, in which she was asked to name the most metal album she ever owned, and she said, I mainly listen to metal, so they are all metal albums, but the most metal, some would say Slayer, but I think they're a dreadful band, unbelievably boring, terrible. Apparently, it's not it's not metal to say that, but it's a personal opinion. And I just thought, that's really cool. That is really cool. Somebody just going, hey, it's my opinion. Tough shit, fuckos. You know, that, that is my, rather than, you know, the usual, everyone trying to avoid any kind of controversy whatsoever. So, I, I cut and pasted those, um, uh, that, that quote into my notes to use. And then, of course, the internet being the internet, things rumbled on. Um, until basically she had to address it because she got loads of people slagging her off. So her her uh, response to that was apparently I unleashed the fury upon Metal Earth when I was asked a question about the most metal albums I own. Thinking Slayer's music is not my thing doesn't mean I don't respect the band for what they are and what they've done. I just won't play it. As I can imagine, they won't listen to to, to my music either, for that matter. The reactions this has triggered online saddens me. Well, it saddens us all, Floor. We are all entitled to our own opinion. We fucking are, yes. But this sentence about my metal albums was put out of context, blown up and used for pathetic shock purposes. Yeah, it was used for clickbait, basically. Does that mean I need to keep my mouth shut next time? No. Does it mean I need to be offended by so many whom, whom I didn't offend? No. I don't like Slayer. Shall we get over that now? Classy. Very, very fucking classy. Floor Janssen, loving your work. And she's absolutely right. And of course that got, that that statement about Slayer got lifted and then used as clickbait. You know, singer, slate, Slayer. Of course she wasn't. It was, and it's a, it's a light-hearted feature. Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I am not the per- I, I am certainly the person to be defending someone's right to be um, completely honest about what they think of a band because let's face it that's pretty much what I do all the time um, and um, yeah I, I've got a big fucking mouth and uh, I, I I believe it's big mouths need to stick up for big mouths so this is this big mouth sticking up for not that she's got a big mouth that she was being big mouth it's just a question in the interview you know she happened to drop Slayer's name in a in a not very positive light so fucking what Let's all move on. I bet I, I bet the band couldn't give a shit. Um, speaking of bands not giving a shit. Yeah, okay. Uh, the other thing I've done since I um, uh, spoke to you last, guys, was I went to see the Back to the Roots tour. Only one gig in the UK. Uh, living in London, I got to see it. Which, again, you know, I, I lucky for me. Uh, so I went to see uh, Max and Igor play um, 
Return to Roots. Now, it started and Roots came in and the place went fucking man mental. The other thing I should add is that they came on ten minutes late and there didn't appear to be any technical issues. There was no one running around. They just came on stage ten minutes late. Uh, I'll get to why that is relevant. So, uh, they came on and it was like fucking hell. The crowd went mental. I mean, I mean, properly, properly mental. It was unbelievable. Um, people were crowd surfing from the mixing desk. You know, it was just ridiculous. And it was great to see. And straight away I was like, oh man, this is fucking awesome. And then as the set progressed, something became quite obvious. And that was that Max Cavaliera wasn't all there. Now, I am not, I didn't, I haven't been online and, and said, oh, fucking hell, Max has lost it. It was one show. Okay, and you never know when you see one show, and I know speaking personally, when you see one show, you don't know what's going on. He might have had been food poisoning and had to drag his ass on stage. You, you, you never know about these things. Um, if I didn't know that Max was um, uh, in, re well, a recovered alcoholic, and you know, so basically doesn't do drink and drugs, that he was clean, that he's sober. If I didn't know that, um, I would have sworn that he was drunk. Um, he reminded me of it was like watching Ozzy uh, barrel around on stage with a guitar hanging around his neck and believe you and me um, if I'd worn a necklace that night I would have probably played with my necklace more than Max played his guitar um, when Mark Rizzo was doing solos all you could hear was bass and drums so the guitar seemed to be like some sort of fashion ornament um, he was just bobbling around the stage seemed more bothered about just trying to get people shouting along um, to choruses but also just fucking anywhere and it was just a really really it became quite a depressing sight to the extent that the minute they finished playing the album I left I didn't want to see any more I knew that, that I'd heard they finished with a bunch of covers and I thought well you know, you can do piss poor versions of your own songs, that's fine, but if you're going to do piss poor versions of other people's, I'm off. Um, they, uh, Mark Rizzo was fucking amazing to the extent that I tweeted him the day after and I just said, You saved that show last night. Thank you. That was all. Um, Igor was awesome, and seriously, Max was just just sort of stumbling around stage he seemed to be looking at the other members for their approval it was just seriously uh, I, it, it just so looked like he was drunk I mean it really really did and I'm not saying he was because I don't know and like I said he might have been ill or anything but they came on stage 10 minutes late there were no technical issues and um, he really wasn't at the races whatsoever and like I said completely turned down out front and more of a more of a cheerleader wearing a guitar than anything else um and as soon as i left i started getting tweets from people who were there who who knew i was there and started tweeting saying fucking hell jesus christ did you see that so it's it's not just me guys it's not me just going with a fucking ludicrously critical eye or anything like that because i wouldn't um and like i said i, do, I don't want to unload um when i don't know what's going on 
and also if there is something going on then um it, it needs to be looked at and you know although they've just announced a north american tour so if you know if max is going through anything at the moment i, d- I doubt they'd be they'd be announcing uh, a north american tour so maybe it was just an off off night but it was one hell of a fucking off night it was an embarrassment and I wouldn't want to go and see Max doing anything again if the performance was going to be anything like that. Um, if that is his general performance level now and he, and he's not going through anything or having any problems on the road, then stop. That's my advice. Stop. Soon. Please. So, anyway, I shall speak no more of this. Um, oh, the other thing I will say is actually um, patches. Remember them? Patches? Little square patches? Yeah. Now, I know um, this is Max and Igor's chance to make a bit of money out of merch, but £10 for a fucking little square patch? No. Not happening. Not in this world or any other parallel universe is £10 for a fucking patch a sensible price that is absolutely ridiculous please um so moving on um uh, anybody anybody remember watchtower anyone watchtower one of the absolute pioneers of technical metal um fucking absolutely awesome band were around way back in the day before dream theater and everyone else um it really, they, I mean, they basically invented math metal, I guess. It should be called maths metal. Leaving the S off really annoys me. Americans refer to it as math. Do the math. No, do the maths. Do the maths. It's maths. Okay? Anyway, um, they invented maths metal, which I shall call it from now on. Um, and, they're, and they're awesome, and they brought out a new EP. Um, it's called... It's called it's called Concepts of Math Book One. Okay, I'm going to call it Concepts uh, Concepts of Maths, but it's not um, Book One. Very cool EP. Um, I suggest you go download it, find it. They've got all sorts of um, bits and pieces. There's a, a, a Facebook page for the band which seems to be quite active as well. So get stuck in there. Um, uh, what else been going on? Uh, uh, Mustaine's comments on Hardwired, very cool. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be sick to death of hearing about that album very very soon. Um, but in all seriousness, have a listen. Um, uh, well, not to the album, but obviously to the rest of the podcast. But um, yeah, no, um, uh, Mustaine saying, you know, it sounds like a good one. Sounds, you know, they're really pleased with it. It's getting good reviews, and sonically, it sounds pretty cool. And it, you know. Been eight years since they did an album, so I'm really, I'm really pleased that they're that they're happy with it. And I was like, wow! Yet again, this will be another major news story um, where Dave Mustaine nice about Metallica, and then everybody just posts underneath about what a cunt he is. Um, although seeing him talk about um, uh, Megadeth beer and what he wanted from the beer and all it from again, I repeat, you know, somebody who claims to be sober. Or at least has at some point in their life claimed to be sober. Um, and, I've, you know, I've mentioned this before about his couple of glasses of wine in his autobiography that he mentions. But seriously, I just think it's a bit weird. I really do. That, however, is not as weird as something I received. Somebody obviously thought I should see it immediately. Um, and that was this 
um, this idea that Megadeth have had um, and basically you can go and camp in Dave Mustaine's uh, garden five and a half grand each you get to camp in his garden and then there's various other le- tiers whereby you get to campfire stories Megadeth campfire stories okay could this get any more fucking bizarre right you are you're gonna hand over five and a half thousand dollars to go and camp <laughs> in Davis Stain's garden and then and then at night you're gonna sit round the fire while he tells Megadeth stories old war stories from back in the day campfire stories I mean it's just sound cheesy as fuck it really does it really does and um I thought I thought seeing Metallica um walking around a supermarket fucking about um was a bit to be honest was a, a bit of a low point I was thinking like oh my god this is fucking shit um, although since having heard an interview with Hetfield on the Joe Rogan po- podcast, I kind of get where they're coming from. They want to do something a little bit different for the promotion for this, but it was, you know, it was just a bit really. But that's nothing compared to Dave Mustaine wanting five and a half grand so you can come down. And let's face it, ultimately he is going to end up shooting at you because he is going to think he's going to forget that he's taken five and a half grand off everybody. And that he's given permission. He's going to wake up in the morning, maybe a bit hungover, maybe not. Maybe uh, having had some perfectly legal prescription drugs the previous night. He will just be looking out of his window, and maybe not. He'll be looking out of his window, see a load of tents and go, fuck, man! He's suddenly turned into like somebody from the deep south. Fuck, man! Get these motherfuckers off my lawn! <laughs> so, um, tents sell, and who's buying? Megadeth fans, <laughs> I'm gonna have some fun with this. I really am. Oh fuck! I should have actually thought of this before. How many times have I said this over the years in a podcast? I should have thought of this before I started recording. That's gonna be written on this podcast's grave. I should have. I should have thought this out before I started. But I'm just. I'm just thinking. Rest. Yeah. Fucking hell. Rust in peace. You can. You can rust in a tent in his uh, in his back garden. You know, tent cell. Who's buying Megadeth fans? Um, so far, so good. So in Dave's back garden, it's it's not really working, is it? I'm gonna have to gonna have to have a bit, a bit of a think about um, uh, tent collider. No, it's still not working. Um, okay, right. Let's get let's get the first interview up. I'm gonna pretty much do these in the order I did them, actually. Um, which means first up is Acid Rain guitarist and Metallica fan Paul Chanter. So um, uh, with me now is um, Paul Chanter from Acid Rain. Hello, Paul. Hello. <laughs> that's my jolly. We're recording now, voice, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. That is that is that's the voice that the listeners have come to know and love. <laughs> hi. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hi, kids. Ooh, get the gold. Get the gold. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so a bizarre mid-Atlantic voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fun hey, times on Talking Boys. Yeah. Hey, right. gu- hey guys. Uh, H from Acid Rain here, just telling you about the new album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's going to happen. Uh, in in someone's lifetime. Um, 
So, um, as we know, this is this is a hardwired special. Um, I, I won't keep uh, uh, the first one that I've done is Joel um, Joel Diath, who's the label manager for Music for Nations. I did that at Sony today. Um, oh, cool. I'll tell you what else I was doing there um, uh, once we finish this. But anyway, um, this is the hardwired special. And um, I've I've already done my opinion, um, although I'm sure we will get a chance to um, discuss, as it were. Um, say it all again. Uh, well, no, no. I'm, I'm, look, this, this is this is. I, I'm interested in your opinion, and the whole point of this this podcast is to get different. You know, people's varying opinions. People who like it, people who don't like it, people who are meh. You know, whatever. Yeah. And and I'm I'm interested to find out where you are on that uh, on that scale. So. Um, I mean, you are obviously, you know, you have been a massive Metallica fan for as long as I've known you. So, um, yeah. you know, how do you feel about Hardwired, dot, 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 and business is good? <laughs> it's not that bad, come on. No, no, it's not that bad, but it just makes me laugh. I mean, I'm sh- Mustaine's got to be looking at that game. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Cheeky cunt. Yeah, can I not do anything? And then there's that bit. And then there's that bit in *Mi Savage* where James Hetfield is clearly taking a piss out of Dave Mustaine. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're being about because I don't listen to Megadeth at all. No, you don't. Okay, push wasps up my ass. (laughs) Well, that is your other. That is your other nickname, isn't it? You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you ask me? I asked you. uh, What do you think to the album? What do I think of it? Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, go on. When I, when I, you know, like, I, I suspect most people did the same thing. It's just skip the first two because you've heard them. Yeah. Um, so the first one I heard was Now That We're Dead, I think. Um, and I thought, right, okay, okay. And then the next one's Moth in the Flame. You're like, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then you're back to going, okay. Um, but I'm like that with a lot of stuff. Oh, oh I um, know. Huh? I said, oh, I know. Yeah, I, you know, I can't kind of... Um, I mean, there's obviously some things that you just kind of go, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I give... I'm the same with films and stuff. Even if I watch a shit film, I'll watch it again just to, like, work out why it was shit. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I did have to listen to it a few times before, well, not a few times, about three times before I was, before things kind of settled in and like, right, okay. Um, I think I told you before that the one that really just stuck out for me, just didn't do anything for me, was Murder One, because I'm not a Motorhead fan. So a yeah. song about Lemmy that I know is about Lemmy, kind of like, okay, I don't like Lemmy, I don't like Motorhead, so that immediately writes me out of doing that in any way possible. That's, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, it kind of, um, I can't think of the word, but it pushes people out of being able to enjoy it, you know. Um, uh, yeah. I always remember uh, an interview with Eddie Vedder where somebody asked him what Jeremy was about, and he was like, I'm not going to tell you, because people have made their own mind up about what this song is about, and if I tell you what it's about, I've immediately alienated loads of people who have a connection to that song already. Absolutely. So they kind of did that. <laughs> straight from the off by saying this one's about Lemmy all right okay I don't care (laughs) yeah so um but that's just one of you know and like I uh, messaged Mark the other day because he said to me you know how how are you liking the album now (laughs) how how are you how are you getting along how are you getting along together 
Yeah, um, you know, and I said that um, for some reason, uh, Dream No More didn't bother me, but I've kind of got into it this week for some reason. It just kind of became the song that I'm kind of keen on listening to. You know, so the, the thing is, and I've said this to you before, that you're never going to get... Um, you're never going to get Master of Puppets again. You're never going to get yeah. Ride the Lightning again. You're never going to yeah. get Kill Them All again. You're never going to get the Justice album again. Hopefully. We're not going to get Sent Anger again either. Well, yeah, you know, and there's, and there's like, what, six albums since Master of Puppets? Yeah. And something like that, six albums, six or seven. Um, and Master of Puppets was a long time ago. And, you know, if, if you were into... if. If you, I was going to say, if you were into a band that released the same album all the time, you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> ACDC. Yeah. Um, you know, but lots of people are happy with that because they know what they're going to get. It depends what kind of fan you are. If you want, right, I just want them to do that because I like that, then that's kind of, okay, you like that. Um, but what's, but okay, so what kind, what kind of fan are you? Because at the moment, uh, um, I, I, feel like, I feel like there's a big... Yeah, you're building up to a big excuse for it not being very good. <laughs> See, you're really not impartial, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're crap at this. You really yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. I'm saying. I'm observing what you're saying, and saying right. what, no, you're, no, what no. you're saying. My, my thing is, I don't care. You if sound like. Else thinks it's shit or not. No, no, I, I know, care. no, I know that. But you sound like you're building up to saying, you know, blah blah blah. Uh, it's I'm been a long time since Master of Puppets. You know, no, no, you were going to go. You know, it's been a long time since Master of Puppets. Um, you know, you can't expect that again. Yada yada yada. Um, I like six or seven tracks on it. Um, yeah, it's all right. You know, it, it, you sound like you're building to that, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not quite sure what side of the fence that you're, you know, you, you're coming down on here because. You know. Well, thing is, right, I like it. Right. I like it. I don't like all of it. But then, like I said a minute ago, Dream No More wasn't one that I liked, but I like it this week. Yeah. You know? And like, I remember it took me ages to get into Fraid and Sanity because I was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on there. It's all over the place. You know, but then all of a sudden it's just, ah, right, cool. And I'm I'm like that with, with albums, you know. It's like songs just don't do it. And then all of a sudden you just... Whether your taste change or you just kind of get what the point was of that after a while, you know. Um, and yeah, the whole thing about Master Puppets being a long time ago, Metallica have sounded like this for longer than they have sounded like the band that recorded Master Puppets. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a heavy metal album. I mean, they haven't been a thrash a thrash band for a for a long time. Just because, no, just know. because they created thrash metal doesn't mean. And and one could say that, you know, you look at the, you look at the big four and you say, well, the other three are still thrash bands. Metallica aren't, yeah. but they're also one of the biggest bands on the planet. So, you know, it, it's. I mean, that what you were saying earlier about you know if you release the same album all the time. I mean, uh, funnily enough, I was listening to uh, Dystopia this week, which is the uh, which I'll have to inform you is the current Megadeth album. Um, okay. And it is. I mean, it's a great album. I mean, it sounds great. There's some awesome riffing on it and everything else. And it sounds like that is, you know, that is a contemporary piece of thrash metal. And it's really well made and it's fucking class. As is right. the last Anthrax album. As is Repentless, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But uh, but when you look at Metallica, it's like, yeah, it, it this is nothing to do with the big four. Do you know what I mean? Well, it, it's, well it's like, they are one of the big four, whether you like it or not. Oh, but, yeah, no, but, it's but what I'm saying is... Or nothing to do with yeah, where they came from. So. No, but what I'm saying is that they how 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 far away they've moved from that. You know, it's... it's you know, someone someone else said, you know, there's Metallica and then the big three. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. You, you know, uh, um, um, but you're right. Sorry, I did interrupt you there. You were right. It, it, they, they've been like this for a long time. Yeah, so it's kind of, I was, I mean, <laughs> you know how sad me and Mark are. So me and Mark have been talking about what this album might sound like for a long time. And I think we were pretty much right that we thought it was going to be some kind of mix between the Black Album and Death Magnetic, which is, you know, I guess it's a little bit more loadish than the yeah. Black Album. Yeah. I don't know, it depends what you, you know. Um, but, you know, you listen to, you listen to uh, Spit Out the Bone or whatever, and that's like, okay, that's, that's some kind of shadow of the band that made Master Puppets or something like that, you know, and you can tell that they, they they have leanings that way. They still like to dabble in something a little <laughs> faster, but yeah, they're, they're clearly comfortable in a in a certain area now. Um, you know, and the riffs that they come up with. I mean, you know, I I, I I'm not going to say that Hetfield's riffs are shit because he's you know a riff god. He's a riff lord. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know. Um, but what I will say is that in terms of each band, each uh, member's performance on that album, Hetfield comes out the top. Oh, there's, I, well, I, I think there's, again, you know, the big four, there's Metallica and then, you know, three others. And I would say not only does Hetfield come out really well on this album, I would say there's Hetfield and then there's three other people. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, his, his vocal performance on this album is one of the best he's done in terms of what he's doing vocally. You know, he's not Mike Patton, so he's not going to do anything outrageous and like, Jesus, he's really pushing it. Yeah. But for Hetfield, some of the stuff he does on this album, he's making, he's made some interesting choices as to what he's going to, what he does vocally. Um, I'm thinking. The chorus the, of the chorus of Halo on fire, which is, sounds like, doesn't even sound like Hetfield. No, no, I could see, I could, I could already name the songs that you can have a dig at. And it's not the one I was on about. Um, <laughs> it, it might, it might be all of them. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. It's either, it's either "Am I Savage" or "Here Comes Revenge," which is a fucking terrible title. Um, and of course, is terrible. Um, now it's but, funny. Now again, do you know what? You know what you were saying about? Oh, I like this song this week. I have found myself liking um, "Here Comes Revenge." I really have, and the chorus as well. Um, the chorus, it's fine, but see, now this is where it gets to wanky muso things. Yeah. The chorus, the actual riff in the chorus, it's like, come on, Hetfield, what the fuck are you doing? You could surely come up with something better than that. Yeah. And and just saying the word revenge, revenge is killing me or something, and yeah. then set me free. I mean, like, seriously, Moon, June, and Spoon, it came straight out of that book of rhyming. You know, oh, yeah, like, but to be... Yeah, well, okay, if we're going to go down that route, there is a lot of rising on the album. There is a, there's Atlas rising and things are rising. There's fucking rising all over the place. 
And well, maybe he's got erectile dysfunction. Yeah, never know. And I tell you what, I, I, the, then the, am I savage? You know, am I savage? Scratching at the door. Um, yeah. I, um, I was just howling at that. I really was. There's another lyric in there as well. We uh, really, that, I mean, that that is there is a lot of cheese in Am I Savage? A lot of cheese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you can. Uh, I don't know. See, it's it's a it's a weird one because I think you know the the weakest lyrical point ever from Metallica was when Hetfield said, "Hey, everybody contribute on St. Anger," and the lyrics on that fucking awful invisible kid is a song that i would never listen to if i have a choice I, for the I, rest of my life I, I, well I, I i don't think i don't think anyone in their right mind would listen to saint anger again um, no it's you know it's if that album was edited and the snare was mixed properly it might be bearable but the guitars are still awful and it's just yeah it's it, just shite I, it's, you know it's in, therapy for me that's an album that i don't listen to but i know that they had to make it to get to the next step of metallica it's almost like fine you did it you don't have to just to get straight on to Death Magnetic, you'll be fine. Well, they, well, now you know, it, they needed they needed to get that out. Well, it's it's funny you should say. I completely and totally agree. It's funny you should say that because, um, what you're hinting at, and it's something other people have said, is that, like you said, you know, this is the, this is who Metallica are now. This is the you know they've been this kind of band for some time, and mm. you know they like these big fat grooves. They're quite they're quite clearly over the moon with the album. It's you know and there's big grooves and all the rest of it. Um, and, and, you know, the, the criticism maybe from some people was that Death Magnetic felt a bit forced and it felt like Metallica trying to be something they're not. But to me, I, 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 I feel like it's weird. I think that's true. It's just that I prefer Death Magnetic. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, everybody knows about, like, Rick Rubin kind of told them to go back and listen to Master Puppets and listen to Ride the Lightning and listen to things that they were listening to when they wrote and recorded those to kind of get back into that mindset type thing and this time they've kind of been let loose on their own they're doing it and they recorded at hq i think and you know yes. and yeah yeah they were pretty much in charge of themselves so you know i mean the thing with metallica i mean you'd ever say that anybody's told them what to do at any point so they clearly do exactly what they want to do and they wanted to do this fine and it's like if you're not happy with it fine you know, there's this. I don't know. It's there's, there's there's big chunks of it that I do like. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a shit album. <laughs> I think it could be better. Yeah. But I don't think it's shit. It's it's not one that I want to listen to. <laughs> can, I, can, can I can I can I can I just say let's let's get that on the poster. <laughs> it's Paul, not a shit Paul, Paul Chanter Acid Rain It's not shit <laughs> It's not all shit I mean Mark yeah. said to me That he kind of thought That disc one Was was stronger than disc two Well everyone's um, saying that I mean And disc two is getting is, is getting hammered In some quarters You know Now see Now this is where I come from the land of shuffle So I don't really care About Disc one and disc two, I kind of listen. Oh right, well okay. All right, well just so you know, the shitter songs you don't like, they're on disc two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and you know, it's kind of they are they are doing what they do now. This is what they do now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, I agree. It's just it's. I guess I guess some of my frustration is coming from the fact that moth into flame. 
you know, it, it, it's just if we, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it, yeah. we've we've talked about this before, and Moth into Flame is Metallica's um, fight them till I ca- fight them till you can't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Setting... I can tell with Moth into Flame, you feel a little bit like the guy that met the slutty girl, and then it all turned out to be a lie. Yes, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she didn't didn't turn out at all. Yeah, yeah. No, now, I I know what you mean. It's like Moth into Flame. When I heard that, and even Mark said to me, "I'm still loving Moth into Flame." I'm like, yeah, it's it's very cool. It is very cool. And as soon as that kind of triple E riff starts at the beginning, I I just holy shit. And yeah. then you thought the rest of the album's gonna be like that, yes. and it wasn't. And the thing is, it's yes, it's a major letdown. But the rest of the album sounds like Metallica as Metallica are now. You know, and that for me isn't such a bad thing. I know that there are people who fucking, you know, I, there are bits of load and reload that I like, and there are bits I really don't like. What's it called? Ronnie? That's not even on my fucking iTunes. I've deleted that song because it's a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, I, it's just terrible. But there are some bits I like, some bits I don't. Um, you know, and people who hate fucking S and M, and I just think it's fucking amazing as oh, like a musical achievement type of thing. You know? Oh, I think it's a work of genius. And there are some people, yeah, but there are some people who, you know, avid Metallica fans, hardcore Metallica fans, who would say they're just as into Metallica as me or whatever. You know, on an yeah. equal footing, would yeah. say it's fucking sacrilegious that they would even do that. Who the fuck do they think they are? Yeah, what, yeah, 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 yeah. But fuck those guys; they're wrong. I think it's kind of narrow-minded that you want a band to just... You know, this is what I said to you the other day. You know, Just because somebody popped their cherry while Master of Puppets was playing in the background, it doesn't mean that Metallica have to remake Master of Puppets over and over again for that person who popped their cherry while well, it was on. Well, that, that's the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is... Um, I, I've heard, I've, I, you know, I've seen people saying best album since Justice and stuff like that, and and that just yeah. makes me go, what the fuck are you listening to? But you know, yeah. Um, that's why I want to speak to different people and get all of the, you yeah. know, and and get everyone's, get because ultimately, you hear what you hear. Doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. You hear what you hear. And and I, I I see some people talking about you know this album or a particular song, and I just think, uh, I I I don't even recognise what they're talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's it's weird. It didn't have the same impact as when I when I listened to when I first listened to Death Magnetic. Yeah. Um, which is before it came out, kind of leaked online, and I got a copy of it. I think. Yeah. Um, just to let everybody. No, largely <laughs> 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 listening. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I first listened to that, I was like, "Ah, okay, this sounds more Metallica-ish." Yes. Than than anger. It's like, thank fuck, because I was just like so worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you kind of you kind of heard it, and you're like, okay. Um, I still think that was just your life is an awesome tune. I think this, absolutely, I, I just love it. Absolutely. Um, and and but, also. Um, uh... Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, the Nightmare song. <laughs> All Nightmare Long? Yes. Yeah. Because um, yes, a... when I heard that, I was like, oh, right, okay. This is, they seem to have found their way again. Now, this one doesn't seem, it sound like they've lost their way. It sounds like... They've gone they've, off. Yeah, they've gone off a different way. They're mixing things up now. Yeah. It's like that. To, to me, it just sounds like a mix between Load, maybe the Black Album... 
than Death Magnetic. Oh, the, it, um, it's definitely more groovy and less harsh than Death Magnetic. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's got to do with production stuff because Death Magnetic I agree. is all the fuck. So yeah. it's just, no, I agree. You know, and sonically, it sounds wonderful. Um, it does, I th- and, and I, th- I also think Rob Trujillo's bass playing is is great. At some points, he's using the fret. He's the other one that comes out on top. Yeah. You know, like Hetfield and him, they both kind of, you know, they're the ones that come out on top. Lars, he's just he's just a guy who is in the background playing the drums now. I mean, when you listen to stuff on Justice, you think, what? what where's that guy? Oh, ah, like, yeah. When you listen, yeah. you listen to Justice, you go, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, you know, like Mark said loads of times about some of the, the fills and stuff, or just some of the stuff he's doing on puppets is really people don't give him credit for. No, it. not at all, not you know? at all. And like now, he's just he is the guy in the back, just going bump tit, bump bump tit, bump tit. You know, it's like yeah. hang on, hang on. on, yeah, and hang on, time for a fill. <laughs> that snare's going to get a pasting. Exactly, yeah. Just you know, you've got Tom's there, or you know, just just give him a quick flick round. You know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like just 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 do something slightly interesting. And as for Kirk, his solos are just lazy as fuck. Well, lazy as fuck. Well, I don't know. Look, I don't know about you, but when it comes to firstly about Lars, my my sentiments about Lars on this album is that um, is that the, the drums should be the drums should drive the songs, and they don't. The drums follow all of these songs. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, a fair point, they, yeah. You know, they they do not push anything. They don't drive anything. They merely did it. Um, yeah, I mean, you and, about and, the song "Ancestors for All," which a major part of that song is the drum yeah. bit in it. You know, the yeah. tom bit, that's and then the riff follows that. So it's yeah. like the the drum is driving that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Whereas, yeah, like you said, it's just kind of trickling along behind Hetfield's riffs on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, as for Kirk, um, I kind of, I mean, I don't think it's entirely his fault because they've got they've gone to the they've gone to the extreme of him, you know, planning solos, and now it's just like, no, 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 let's get something, let's get it in the moment, you know, let just oh, do do, feel, do what man. you feel, man. And I and do you know what? I can almost see, he's not dead, but I can see the ghost of Bob Rock in some of those making of videos. <laughs> Sitting there, Possibly, yeah. sitting there, shaking his head whilst Kirk is laying down those solos, and Lars is holding yeah. up a piece of paper saying, "Kirk is on fire." No, he isn't, Lars. He's fucking yeah. far from it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said to you about, you keep hearing that thing from the year and a half last Metallica thing, Bob Rock going, "Let's hear the guitarist of the years." Yeah, solo. yeah, yeah. He's you know, in the like, guitar. Hor- not he's... the guitarist of the year doing those solos. You know, he, yeah. He, what he needed to do was sit down and work out. You listen to solos on fucking Disposable Heroes or anything like that, where they the solos change with the key change in the song, and the solos have got melodies of their own within the solo. Whereas this, he's just doing right. Okay, I'll just do the bluesy bends and just wild the fuck out of it. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, when I don't know what I'm doing, I'll just do a fucking tremolo dive, and then yeah. we'll come out of it. Yeah, cool. Can you snip all that together? Awesome. I'm going out. Well, I, you know, I, like, I, yeah. Now, I, I, I watched one of those videos, the making of, and I watched him soloing and stuff like that. And I just imagined Bob Rock sat there going, "Okay, so you've warmed up now. Now play me the solo." Yeah, yeah. it's almost like you you want to say to him, "Look, everybody else has done their homework." You know, like Lars went through however many fucking hundreds of riffs that were given to him, and you can yeah. see in some of those videos he's got a book where he's gone through and he said this riff is kind of is the same. The kind of thing to this riff they might go together 
You know, cool, okay, so Lars has done his homework to all those fucking takes. Hetfield has done his homework by coming up with that many with. Yeah. Rob Trujillo has done his homework by, you know, learning whatever Hetfield tells us in flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what's and, but and, character seems to like stroll in and right like, is my wife set up? Yeah, cool, right, I'm ready to go. But, but no, but have you, you to fucking yeah? But have you seen have you seen the quote from Kirk about this album? And he was asked about it, and he was like, he I I presented lots of I presented lots of ideas and blah, you know, and and riffs and concept and blah blah blah, and um uh, this and this time round it just wasn't meant to be. And you just think... Yeah, well, if they were on the par with his solos, then I would turn them down as well. I, 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 harsh, because I think ultimately it's it's Ulrich who makes the decisions, um, to the extent that him and Hetfield fell out for a week um, yeah. during during the making of this, as as, as we as um, as we both know. So um, I I don't know I don't know I, I, I yeah I feel a bit for him, but there there you go. Anyway, look, we're, we're is- you're, 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 your time is up. 25, no, right, okay. 25 and a half minutes we've been on here. Fuck. I know. We could probably okay. do about another hour. We <laughs> um, could do another hour just bitching about Kirk Hammett, but yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, look, um, don't hang up because I'm going to have a chat with you uh, um, uh, afterwards. But, um, Paul, uh, thank you very much for your opinion on, um, on Hardwired. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem. So that was Paul and I um, having a chat about Hardwired and as you can hear there all sorts of various opinions um, and more to come folks, more to come. So what else has happened since last time we spoke? Um, uh, Acid Rain made an appearance on Speed Kill 7, motherfucker! The um, the famous Speed Kill series comes back after 25 years away and the, the, band, who, the band who were on Speed Kill 6, Acid Rain, are on Speed Kill 7 25 years later. I'm so proud of that. I really am. Um, so that's out. You can get that. That's on, uh, out via Music for Nations and Sony. Um, so just go have a look for that. I think it's underoneflag.co.uk or underoneflag.com, somewhere like that. You can find that. Um, but what I'm leading up to is I went into Sony to do um, a couple of bits and pieces for their promo for that. And whilst I was there, I had a chat to the man who brought back the Music for Nations and the Speed Kills fucking uh, brands. Um, he's been on the podcast before, ladies and gentlemen. My chat with Joel Diath. Um, so you find me in the um, the prestigious uh, Sony offices with um, what, what's your what's your title, Joel? Label manager. Label manager, uh, Joel Diath. Is that close? That's, that's, that's still somewhat spot on. Yeah, Diath. Yeah. Lovely, Joel. Well, it was spot on because that's exactly what you well, just said. Well, there's a little bit too much emphasis on the A, but we'll forget about that. Right. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So I'm here with Music for Nations um, label manager Joel Diath. Um, close, and um, we're we well. We're not going to discuss. You're going to give me your opinion on um, on Hardwired. The well, Hardwired dot dot dot. Sorry, Hardwired dot dot dot. And business is good. Um, so I just love doing Pumptish, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love doing that. Um, how, thoughts, how, please. How Joe. quickly did we get bored of the uh, uh, write your name in the Metallica logo thing on Facebook? It got very, uh, it, uh, very it, boring. It very was quickly. everywhere, as soon as, and then nowhere. As soon as the first person put in Megadeth, it was like, okay, it's just enough of that now. Thanks. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to be honest. <laughs> got to be honest. Have, I did prefer messing about with that than listening to the album, but that's. Everyone's aware of what my opinions are. Well, I got a few opinions, and I suppose excellent some come from. Should we start a, with number one? Some come from a 
it's the label manager for a record label point of view and the others yeah. come from uh, someone who likes Metallica. Uh, my introduction to Metallica... Can was, you separate those two people? Yes. I mean, that's close to, you know... I think so. Really? Yeah, I guess from a comedian's point of view, someone who can appreciate a comedian and someone who can be laugh at their jokes. Well, or I suppose, like you say, it's like, it's like I, I, can, I can, as a comedian, watch another comedian and not enjoy it at all, but appreciate they're good at what they do. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. But what I want, what the angle when you mentioned it, what I wanted to bring up was just how I thought incredibly well marketed it was. Awesome. And that's like an awful sort of record label thing to say. But I saw more of Metallica in this campaign than uh, any of the others. And that's perhaps, uh, I mean, we're talking, um, we're talking nine years since... Uh, eight years. Just I'm, your, just, I'm taking my sweatshirt off and, sh- and revealing my belly. It was your, it was your, yeah. your, 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 your fluffy belly button more than anything else that really shook me. Um, oh, right. but, um, is, is it? Oh, wow, yeah, that's a, that's a good old chunk, that is. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Wow. That's my contribution to the Sony floor. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, that's I, for real, by the way, folks. So nine years after the last album... Um, eight years. Eight on. years. Um, but I just thought Metallica actually threw themselves really into it and... When you see artists throw themselves into things these days, and music industry these days, artists can't just go, here's our album, buy it. They have to throw themselves into it. And I was astonished by the amount they did. And they genuinely looked like they were enjoying themselves. Yeah. Which really surprised me. Um, So the thing that they did for Jimmy Fallon, uh, they made themselves available for interviews from Radio One Rock show to the House of Bands show. They did a similar small show in Germany. Those are things that big artists... Don't tend to do. Don't tend to do. Um, or you try and, and convince them as a label manager to do, and you don't even get a response. We it's are considered so, such so a stupid question. Why should we do that? We're yeah. big enough as it is. Yeah. But they threw themselves into it, and that's hard for a band in the metal genre. And I thought it just come across. I thought the marketing was great. I thought the idea of doing all the videos, that, that and release them a day or day, uh, two days before the release, was genius. Um, uh, and I was just really impressed, and. I, do you know what? I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think you're absolutely spot on. I, th- I mean, I think we are building to, unfortunately, what they actually released. Um, didn't... Again, your opinion, not mine. Uh, <laughs> Good. Well, I, I, was, I, was, I was in the pub with... We had just signed the record deal for the first new signing to Music for Nations in like, over a decade. Right. And we were in the pub, and they're not a metal band, I think, right. as we discussed. But the, Over two um, decades, then? No, no, no. Music Foundation signed some bands like about 11 years, 11, 12 years ago, type thing. Really? Yeah, I mean, well, they were doing stuff for uh, the, the, the perhaps not so great period. So, Sugar Coma and In Me and those sort of things. Oh, right, okay. So, that was sort of early 2000s. But anyway, um, and if they listen to us, I'm sorry. Uh, but, <laughs> but I was in the thing, the drummer from that band uh, yeah. is a huge metalhead. Yeah, uh, huge amount of math fan and all this sort of thing. So we kind of got on well, and I'm we're sitting at the drinking, having uh, sitting at the table, having a little drink, celebrating uh, them signing the record deal, and then it popped up on my newsfeed that Metallica released a new track, which was Hardwired, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Me too. I just thought that was uh, two minutes of just fun and just. Oh, Hetfield swearing as well. And like, it was like, wow, fucking hell, this is awesome. Yeah, and and just, and you can almost hear Lars having the heart attack midway through. You know, it is only two minutes, but you could almost hear him going, whoa, oh, oh my God. You know, any uh, any track that you might feel he could 
keel over halfway through is going to be a good Metallica song. So but, I was yeah. really, really impressed by that. And it was fun. I was, you know, I was, I was playing it to the drummer from this band that we just signed and we got excited. So we just listened to it on repeat. And I, I, I thought, how to start a campaign. It's very hard today for a band to... Oh, just out of nowhere. It just appeared. Them. Loved it. Loved it. Because you, your phone starts blowing up all of a sudden. It's it's so difficult. Bowie nailed that. Bowie nailed that with uh, his album about... Uh, David Bowie. Yeah, I know, I know, but only, I mean, yeah, he nailed that by writing an album about his cancer and then, no, 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 and then no, dying the, the week of release. No, 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 no the week before. No, the, sorry, the album before. Um, oh, right, sorry. So which I'm, absolutely came out of nowhere. I thought that's, yeah. No, 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 no. no. You I'm can only pull that off once. I'm not talking about the Bowie marketing campaign for the more recent album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, I'm talking about the one before. Yeah, okay. When you're right. one of the biggest artists for In many the, decades yeah. and you release an album completely out of blue. Which no one expected. It's great. Metallica. I don't. I didn't think it quite reached that level because no one expected a Bowie album. I think everyone knew that there was going to be a Metallica album coming at some point. But that being oh, said, yeah. don't take it away. Great start. And then Moth into the Flame. I thought was an even better track. Me too. Totally. Agree. I thought that was great. I thought that was a proper master period stomper. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's a great so tune. My maybe this is not a bad time to introduce my sort of. My growing up period of Metallica, I mean, when I was of the age of listening to, to to buy my own music and buying albums, it was the Load era. Oh, I know where this is going then. And I didn't mind Loads, and I didn't yeah. mind it. I yeah, thought yeah, Load yeah. was like a good, almost like a stoner rock record. I thought there some big grooves on it. Hard rock. Thought, yeah. I, I thought there was more groove in your. I thought there was more groove than most. And at the time, I was a big stoner rock fan anyway. So maybe I yeah. associated a lot of stuff. Um. And I thought this was almost like a, a bit of a load era, sort of groove-wise, but it had that sort of good pace uh, mm. of, um, of of the Master of Puppets era. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, with you so far. So I, I guess it then got to the point where the they made the videos for all the songs. Well, they, yeah, didn't they come out after? Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, there was another track, there was another track, which I wasn't as keen on. Do you know was, what? This is bizarre. Atlas Rise, Atlas same Rise. here. Not as keen on that. Same here. Ab- yeah. So we, we are, we are you know, three for three here, Joel. I guess where we're going to differ, not because of difference of opinion, but perhaps because you've, you've perhaps spent a little bit more time with the album than I have. Uh, to be fair, yeah. I mean, I, I, got, I got it a week early for review, and then it was out a week, and yeah, so. I have not listened to the album all the way through that much well that's not a good sign I'd say it should demand it I would say it has more to do with um, the fact that I listen to music all the time but yeah. mostly for work yeah so no, absolutely. I'm not in a position yeah. where I can go oh I'm at home now oh I'm going to listen to that Metallica record and you're like I'm yeah. at home now I'm listening to Radio 4 there we go I'm watching <laughs> MasterChef that is it I yeah. don't listen to any more fucking music so, but there was a few things I did want to talk about yeah. on the album that really I enjoyed, and perhaps this is a symptom of a, I might have enjoyed a couple of things, um, not that I didn't enjoy the rest, but do you know what, I didn't enjoy them much for me to remember them, so they're yeah. actually read in that. Yeah, absolutely. And number one, I thought the, the, the last track on the album... Um, Spit Out the Bone? Spit Out the Bone. Okay, we're going to go four for four here. Cracker. Brilliant. <laughs> Love that track. Videos yeah. bonkers. Just thought that 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 to me is the best track of the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you know, if I was to if I was to call it a faultless marketing campaign, I would have gone with that track instead of Atlas Rise. Um, Although it might have piqued people's, if this is going to be a thrash album, 
too much because it's certainly not. Although Metallica haven't been a thrash band for for, for a long time, mm. they invented it. It doesn't mean that they uh, the genius of Metallica is that they've kept metamorphosizing and reinventing themselves. You yeah. know, much like Madonna. But um, it, it's it's I think if you put if you not put out Atlas Rise and you put out Spit Out the Bone, people would have been expecting. But fucking, then this you know, shows how justice. much how much you've listened to the album more than I have. Right. Okay. Because fair then I I don't know. Uh, I didn't know that that was a that would be perceived as a misinterpretation. Uh, well, you, well you bookend, the bookend of the album, is, the bookends are Hardwired, Spit Out the Bone, yes. and in between, nothing like those two songs. Okay. Okay. Well... But what did you, what have you liked, what have you got out of it so far? Well, I, Apart I was... Apart from... Uh, well, there was a, the, the horrible sort of music industry marketing point of view, which I was quite impressed by. Yeah. I just thought they did a really good job. I thought Q-Prime did a good job. I think the whole set has been good. They've not announced their UK tour yet, although I did see Metallica coming to the UK next year. Surprised I've not announced those. I must admit, I am shocked. Really? <laughs> it's almost like they've got a new album to post, you know. But I'm just, I'm just surprised they've not just announced their dates yet. Yeah. Uh, as in where they're playing. And I'll be fascinated to see what they do. Obviously, Reading announced their first headline today, which was Muse. A little bit tired of Muse headline another music festival in the UK. No, it's always nice to see heavy metal Coldplay getting a chance. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, you're quite funny sometimes, uh, and obviously yeah, mostly in my sleep. Uh, I think they might do their own thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they'll do a London. Uh, O2. No, 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 no. A London uh, uh, um, stadium. You think they'll the, do the Wembley? No, the Elizabeth Stadium. Oh. Which is now called the London Stadium because it's West Ham's football ground. Right. Okay. Well, well that, so in other words, what you're saying is they're going to have a huge, a huge, a huge gig where there's going to be a lot of crowd trouble. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. All that, or like a Milton Keynes. But it's been a while since a band had done a big show at Milton Keynes. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think it will be Reading. Um, so, but what about what about the album itself, though? Okay. Sorry, I got back. No, into no, it's all right. So, I guess. Because you did preface pre, you did preface this by saying the load era, and I'm sure it, no matter no matter how many times you listen to it, um, you, you, the load similarities must have struck you. Well, there was because when I listen when I think of Death Magnetic and St Angry, which I, what is what I call it, cause it makes me that is that's Metallica. Stangry, Stangry, uh, is is that Metallica? trying to do something which I don't think they can actually do as, as well anymore and that's why I enjoy this record and I think this record I'd seems to be you, them though. enjoying themselves and I noticed that in all the promo they did and all the yeah. TV show. they looked like they were enjoying themselves apart from Lars who always looked like he was going to have a cardiac arrest any moment um, so I enjoyed that element because it was the band actually doing something they and I think they enjoyed the load albums it, you know it was certainly a risk for them to do them Mm-hmm. But I thought this one definitely represents a, a more a Metallica, not necessarily listening to people doing the album they want to do. Right, okay. And maybe that has come across them enjoying it. But again, I agree. How boring. No, uh, yeah. Reach, well, well <laughs> true, but I've got a different, slightly different take on it because I, I agree with everything you've said. I think Death Magnetic's a better album. And I also think that. Um, for me, Death Magnetic sounds more like Metallica. It, it, I'm not trying to get... It does sound forced. I, I agree with that. 
And it does sound like Rick Rubin came by every two weeks and said, mm. throw those riffs away, more of that, less of that. But I think this album has gone too far the other way. No producer, just an engineer sat between Lars and James. I think it misses somebody above that. Because no way, if you're sat as an engineer between Lars and James, you're going to say, it's shit. Drop that, lose that. There was, it, for me, it lacks, it lacks a producer that turns around to Lars and James and says, that shit. Yeah, well, there's very few people that are listed like that. No, and I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree because... So this was the you know, guy who did... Um, it's Greg Fieldman, yeah. He's worked with them before. Yeah, he did some... He does, it's one of, it's one of, he's at the Ruben camp, so he's, he's done a lot of mixing for Ruben. He does a lot of engineering for Ruben. It's a bit yeah. like Rich Costi, who started off as one of Ruben's so he was, he was So he was around on Death Magnetic, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Death Magnetic... Sort of, it's funny you talk about Death Magnetic. So the first thing when I think of Death Magnetic... Death Magnetic is that whole controversy over the mastering. Yeah, uh, again, like yeah. S- like squished and pushed to death. Mm. This one it doesn't suffer as much, but there's still that clinicalness to the sound, which, you know, it, 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 oh, it's, it's, they're getting qu- quite a bit to the point of soullessness. I'd love to hear this on cheaper equipment. <laughs> I'd, love <to> hear, <laughs> I'd love to hear this uh, recorded by, you know, some chappy down in the local thing. It'd be interesting to see how the other songs would be interpreted. There was that guy who, when after they did, um, I don't know if you saw on YouTube, what he did was that he took... Um, well, if you've you been on... Have you, uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to talk about the same thing. You can go on YouTube and you can listen to what the new songs would sound like with the, production uh, with the old yeah. productions. Yeah, because... yeah, you can I still get... think Justice sounds so shit. <laughs> I just hate the way that record sounds. No bass, but anyway. I know, but it's amazing because it's back to back with probably their best ever sounding album, which is Master of Puppets. Yeah. You know, but but you know, love them or hate them, that's Metallica. You know. So the, the other thing, so I'm, I'm not really speaking too much about the actual, well, the filling of the sandwich, which is all those other tracks, because I, like I said, I'll be honest, I'm not giving it much time. So, what really got to me and was an interesting aspect, I thought, and an interesting angle in this review, was. The video for Man Unkind. Right. Now, do you remember the video for Man Unkind? I haven't watched all the videos, so you might be ahead of me. So the, the Man Unkind it's, video... It's not, it's not the death metal one. It's the it? black metal one. Right, okay. I thought, ha, 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 and then stop watching. Because so the, jo- the joke is approximately one minute old. Well, the, the fascinating thing about that video is, first of all, it was done, and I forgot his name, which is awful, it's done by Bathory's original drummer, who's now a video producer anyway. Right, okay. And from my understanding, this is the guy who's been talking about making a video of the early black metal scene, the church burnings and mayhem and dark thrones. That film has start, has gone into production. It's gone into production. How yeah. disastrous. But anyway, so that footage was, uh, and I don't know if you're aware of this, was so similar to Mayhem's early live uh, shows. So Right. The, uh, the the guy who was performing as James, his makeup was just like Dead, who's like the, right. Okay, so the, so the guy looked like Euronymous, right? And it so, it's was, a, so it's a bit of a piss take. It well, no, well, it's it's funny because is it a piss take or is it a homage? A homage, a homage. Um, or a homage. And I would say that because it was the guy from Bathory, I'd say it was more of a homage. Yeah. But what I found fascinating is you've got the world's biggest metal bands. Mm-hmm. Referencing referencing black metal, yeah, a genre which 15 20 years ago was just so niche, 
yeah. and was more known for church burnings and murders and suicides than anything else than the music. Yeah. And I, I just that absolutely blew my mind. And watching people's comments, this is such so disrespectful. This is unbelievable. But it just made me reflect because I've been talking to people recently. I'm a big fan of black metal. I know you're not that partial to the scene. I grew up listening to a lot of black metal, and I've I found that one of the last sort of movements in music which was, you know, I'm I'm naturally leaning to use the words pure, but it's a horrible term because of some of black metal's leaning towards uh, uh, fascism. And I when I so when I'd use the words pure, I wouldn't you wouldn't, wouldn't that connotation to happen. Yeah. But it's a a scene which uh, when it began it felt very. Uh, Insular and unlike anything else, but then over time, obviously, it got more and more popular. But it's gotten to the point now where you have Norway, Norway's Arts Council sponsoring uh, black metal tours. Um, they've recently got behind in Slaves' twenty fifth uh, anniversary. They're they're, they're 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 proud of it. They're not trying to shun it anymore. Uh, we're talking about a scene that was responsible for the death of at least five firemen uh, tackling the church burnings right you know yeah. a, a number of murders not just of each other but uh, two homosexuals were murdered probably yeah. approached by a black metal as it about, about people who, who who were in the black metal scene so i i just I, and and here's the cherry on the cake you got metallica parodying homaging a video yeah. of mayhem uh, and i that blew my mind because i didn't get angry uh, and really was a surprise now I wasn't surprised because I guess if it wasn't going to be Metallica it would have been another big metal band but you know because you you know I was just seeing on Facebook Biffy Cairo played Norway the other day and they just up in corpse paint so you get bands that do it but he's the biggest metal band and I just was so fascinated by that I was like wow that's it black metal was dead I mean it's just yeah black the credit, metal, well the credibility is now it's, black it's metal gone isn't it it's mainstream now it's just because the internet did a good job at killing black metal. Don't mind, this isn't a black metal podcast. And, but I just thought that... <laughs> black album, black metal, I don't know. Yeah, we're, 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 we're hanging in there, folks. But I just uh, I just, I just, thought that was really super fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and again, very clever. And I thought it was clever because it got people talking. And that video sitting on almost three million streams. Yeah. And then, you know, and all the others are doing well. And so people are approaching this... Uh, well, the thing is, you can, what, what they've done is, and it's quite sensible, is like you you can watch, I mean, you know, I've my my web TV's enabled through the cinema system. I can watch the new Metallica album if I want. Yeah. You know, I just I just go on and just play it and just put, which is fucking insane. You know. Um, the band who battled well, Napster. This, this is the band who battled Napster and said they'd never make a video. So, but, you know, duh, times change. Um, There's some expensive mortgages and some art collections that need fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And this is it. I mean, what is it that drives a band? And you know, yourself, you've been in a band for thirty odd years, you know. And I'm always fascinated what drives bands. And when you are in a band that gets to Metallica size, and this is there's some assumptions going on here. I don't know Metallica. Yeah. I don't know their. I don't know Peter Mensch. Everything manager. I say is an assumption. I know Steve, who works for Q Prime in the UK, but. There gets to a point where you just go, it, why is a band doing this album? They're not angry anymore. They're not teenagers. They're not yeah. getting bullied. They're not making this music because they're angry. They're making this music for other reasons. But what Metallica have done on this album is that they've done a very good job of convincing me they're enjoying it still. And they're yeah. enjoying this one. Yeah. So that for me is reason enough to go with them on this journey. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's... Um, I, I, again, I, I come back to the fact that Metallica is, um, for people, it is a massive fucking business. And those four people, the buck stops with them. So when they go in the studio, when they're writing an album, there must be somebody above that, above those four, that is a it, 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 is it, basically what I'm saying is they had a sound. They used Greg Fieldman as a sounding board, and I think you know you need more than that. But by the same token, flip it again. Why didn't they use Reuben this time? Because maybe they felt that that's what they didn't want this time because they felt that it was a bit restrictive, that they had somebody coming in doing like less of that. Whereas on this album, it was like, no, we, we know we like this. We're going to do this because we're going to be touring this for another fucking five years. And, and if we, ain't, if we been... don't enjoy it, then we're not going to do it. And I'll be interested to see when the tour comes round again, how many songs... Off de- Death Magnetic come off it. Because, it, I mean, even in their touring cycles now, or their live shows now, or their live sets now, how many songs off Death Magnetic make it into the live set? And it's, it's not that many. But that has many. to be admired, hasn't it? It's got to be not admired. Not that, that many. The band are making a record that they want to make. And well, it has to be admired. Just because... you've got to enjoy it. Just it because be I don't like it doesn't mean I can't respect it yeah. and say, hey, do you know what? Great. Just because I prefer Death Magnetic, I mean, I think All Nightmare Long, there's nothing as good as that. On the new album, as well. I mean, I think, I think All Night Mare Long is a wonderful song. Um, uh, Definitely as good as Call of Cthulhu. And, and, and the first, <laughs> first, <laughs> the, yeah. Well, you know, they'd sold out by that point. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know. I think, you know, yeah, no, definitely, um, no life till leather. Everything after that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, look, uh, Joel. As always, it's a pleasure catching up with you. And, no, um, thanks so much for, and, for and getting your opinions. My opinion is mildly interesting. Well, let, let's let, let's see what the listeners say. <laughs> let's, let's not prejudge it. <laughs> Apologies. Thank Pleasure, you. dude. Cheers. So uh, there was Joel's feelings on um, Hardwired, in, in, uh, um, you know, from a business point of view, from a black metal point of view. Dude's got it covered. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you get the idea. Some of these conversations stay quite close to the subject, and some drift a little bit. Um, so next up. After Joel, next up is somebody I've wanted to get on the podcast for a while, um, but I fucked up because um, he's kind of comes, he's, he's sort of half of a double act, and, um, and I got the other guy from the double act on first, and, um, and, and the thing is, when you do that, basically, that means that the, the other guy goes, well, fuck you then, I'm not coming on your podcast, and... Uh, um, which was the which was the response I got a couple of times actually. <laughs> um, so I'm talking about Godless and Chuck from the Metal Sucks podcast. Now, unfortunately, the the podcast is now finished. They did it for three and a half years. It was weekly. I suggest if any of you haven't already um, been listening, and why the fuck not? Um, then you should go and listen back to all of the podcasts they did because they're fucking great. I mean, inspired me to 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 put a podcast together as well because you know I heard it and thought, Jesus, it can't be that hard. <laughs> Only joking, guys. Um, but um, uh, it really is worth. They're, they're, they're really worth checking out, and uh, I'm sure you've you know you know you've had, we've had Godless on here a few times. Well, and and um, Godless was un- unable to make time uh, in his busy schedule. Um, uh, I think he was busy digging up potatoes 
and uh, helping making toys for Christmas um, over there in Ireland. So, um, but what he did do was he only sorted out an interview with Chuck for me. I mean, how cool is that? Now, Chuck, what can I tell you about Chuck? Not a lot, because I don't really know him that well. <laughs> um, what can I tell you about Chuck? Um, he does a, uh, a radio show on um, No Control Radio. He writes occasionally for Metal Injection, I think. Isn't that right, Chuck? Yeah. yeah. And um, so anyway, uh, it's like he's in the room. Um, I finally got a chance to have a chat with Chuck. Who Have a chat with Chuck. I mean, we've got to do this more often, really. Um, so I'm thinking of getting Chuck and Godless on uh, onto my podcast because um, uh, they're at the moment they're, they they have a no cast. There's nothing going on. So um, anyway, look, you can you, you can you can find Chuck and Godless everywhere. They're on Twitter, Facebook. Um, Twitter's good fun with those guys. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, go find them. Um, they're in my friends list and all the rest of it. Really good to have Chuck on the show. So this was Chuck and I having a chat. This is a uh, um, a Chuck. Uh, this is a, a Chuck chat um, about well Metallica, but we kind of go in other places too. Hey, hey, dude. What's going on, everybody? Hey, uh, it's uh, uh, what's going on? I'm just absolutely, totally focused on uh, on getting hold of you. That's what's going on. <laughs> well, now you got me. What else are you going to focus on? Shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to hang up and just wander around my house <laughs> from room to room, like the children have left. And what you know? What do I do now? Indeed. <laughs> um, it's, well, it's, look, it's great. It's great to um, to finally get a chance to talk directly. Um, Indeed, yeah. And um, uh, and uh, and of course, I would normally I would have introduced you as Chuck from the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> I know, right? But you went and fucking changed that up on me, didn't you? Well, you know, we got to throw curveballs every once in a while, man. That's uh, that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, Godless kind of let me in on uh, on, on the plan a, a couple of days early. Um, yeah. So there you go. In case you didn't know that, he can't be trusted. I um, know. <laughs> he can't keep. He can't keep a secret to save his life. So you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect any less though. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but um, so, uh, do you do you actually have a clear plan for for what happens next? No, not really. Cool. <laughs> but that's, that's that's totally my know. style. Love it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, man. You know, so we kind of just got to shake it up, man. You know, you know, it's we've been kind of going in the same path for for a good long time now, three yeah. plus years. So it's wanted to just shake it up a little bit and and see what we can do. You know, I don't know if it's going to be going at our own, trying to find another home, or 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 what. But you know, just play it by ear and see how it goes. But that's the thing is, I, I think that is also long enough to build up to build up a um, a listenership who specifically, you know, like the dynamic uh, of you two guys, and it, it does enable you to do that. You know, I mean, yeah. also, And now I, I'm I'm not sure if you're going to want to answer this or not, but hey, if I don't ask, you definitely won't. Um, was it was it getting to the stage where you think do you know what it's it's a little bit not restrictive but maybe prescriptive the whole being part of metal sucks and you want and you think well look you know if we break away we can actually have a little bit more freedom well no not really i mean because those guys the, what's great is is they they've done nothing but good for us i mean we wouldn't have that that broad of an audience without metal sucks so you know, I got to give it to them. We went to hell. We were doing something completely different. Not even doing the interviews and stuff before we started doing. 
uh, the Metal Sucks podcast. So, I mean, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't have kind of changed it up in that respect. Right. I think it's more of a just we're kind of getting into the same – playing the same game every week. And without a little bit of a break, a chance to step back and take a look at it from the outside and 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 change it up. We were just kind of going through the motions, and it started to feel that way. And I and I didn't want to. That's just not the way to be. I'd, I'd rather kind of figure something out and and be able to pull back and 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 do it. A di- I don't know if it's even a different way, but it's just a matter of re-examining everything a little bit and having a deadline every week where you got to get it in and have to, and it has to be done. It's kind of hard to be able to take that break while you're beholden to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, yeah. that's the tough part there. So I think loosening that is, it will make it easier for us to kind of figure out where we're going. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally get that. And I, and I think, um, you know, it's a weekly commitment, and and I know, you know, I know, I know the kind of, you know, the man hours that I put into putting a a, a monthly podcast together. Um, it's a bitch, isn't it? I mean, it, oh, it's fuck, it's a yeah. bear. It, it yeah. can be. It's a lot of a lot of time investment, and you know, not just the editing and all that stuff uh, and the producing of it, but just making sure you get the interviews and doing the stuff, and then having the discussion, and then you know, like making sure that it all sounds good and putting it all together. That's you know, doing that on a weekly basis is it, it's a it's a job. It's a full time job. Almost. Yeah, you know, ab- it, it really is yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Now, well, luckily, you've mentioned a few things there that I don't do, which is edit and try and make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I, well, I, I it's re- yeah, I was going to say it's kind of relative. I mean, you know, if, yeah. you heard, if you heard the Metal Sucks podcast, it's generally OK. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's great. But, oh, no. You know. do, do you know what? I'm a total nerd for podcasts. I'll listen to somebody else's podcast. I was listening to Bill Burr's podcast and I hear I heard him take a drink of water and I thought, Wow, it sounds so much better when he takes a drink of water on his podcast than when I take a drink of water on my <laughs> podcast. You know, you know exactly where I'm coming from, right? It's because he's got this badass microphone, man. He's got you know a, a yeah. seven hundred dollar microphone he's sitting in front of. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But then, but then I'd listen, to, I'd listen to you set, I'd listen to you. I, I can't remember when it was, but it was probably about six months ago. And you were setting this interview up, and you're going like, really not proud of the quality, guys. You know, really, really sorry, really, really, really sorry about this. Oh yeah. And then it came on, and I was like, motherfucker, that's good quality. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who that was. It was like a really bad phone connection, though, or something like. Yeah, it was. It was because he was in the car. That's what it was. It was. It was. Yes. Uh, it yeah. was uh, Monty Connor, not Monty Connor. Uh, 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 oh, damn, Monty Pippen, who was in the car driving from Vegas or whatever. Oh yes. And, and the whole time you hear in the background, you're like, "What the hell is that?" Uh, yeah, but, but you know those those that's that's me being a an audio nerd. You know, where that's that's what I do. To be honest, I think I think it's um I I think you're um you're being a bit hard on yourself there. Well, not hard on yourself, but I I think it's professionalism. Dare we say it? I think it's well, absolutely that's pushing it. You know. <laughs> oh, oh come on! You can't do it. You can't do a weekly podcast on a on a big news site like Metal Sucks. Um, and deliver it the kind of the standards you are without being without having you know some level of professionalism some pride in your work and um and yeah you know i'm trying to pay you a compliment fucking take it well thank you i do appreciate that i we really do take a lot of pride in it and and honestly like you know i I have for three plus years and that's one of the you know then like i said that's part of the reason why it's like okay take a step back a little breather figure this out and you know and kind of kind of go from there. So, you know, I'm proud to have been part of Metal Sucks for as long as we have been. And those guys are still fucking awesome. So, I mean, you know, either way, uh, you know, I hope they find somebody 
you know, great to do the podcast after us and can, and can keep that up. Uh, but yeah, I think for us, it's just like eh, time to, time to freshen it up a little bit and figure out the new direction. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got, I've got to ask you, cause I asked Godless, how's the, um, how's the online begging going? Uh, so far the begging has been okay, which is weird <laughs> because, all right. So with the begging thing, like, uh, <laughs> as soon as we announced that we are going away yeah. uh, from metal sucks, I put it out to everybody. I was like, okay, just so you know, this yeah. is what's going on. Yeah, uh, and you know, taking a break and stuff, and our, immediately our begging went up. Yeah, like, you got a surge. More, yeah, we had a little yeah. bit of a surge there, which is pretty good. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool. That means these people really want to hear us, and they're like our number one fans. So yeah. I think those those fans are going to come with us wherever we go. Yeah, no, no, and, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I must admit, I'm not surprised by that. I, it was kind of weird the last episode because you kind of literally went, "Oh, by the way, uh, we're leaving the podcast." Yeah, in about, in, in about an hour and a half, mother, you know, in about an hour and ten, fuckers. So, uh, you know. and then just did the podcast like we did normally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, right. And you didn't, you didn't even say you interviewed the guy. You interviewed the guy from like your favorite band. You didn't even mention it to him, like, dude, this is the last interview ever, or anything like that. It was well, it's because like... we did that interview like a month and a half ago, <laughs> so we didn't even know we didn't even know this was going down until ah. like you know, like this is a yeah, it was one of those things like we didn't even it wasn't even on the radar when we talked to when we talked to Brett, you know, from Asteroid. Uh, so yeah, that's why we didn't even mention it. It's like, well, oh shit. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it's uh, okay. So right in that case, if that interview was six weeks ago, you two did your lists of best album of the year, um, a little, a, a good long while ago. No, no, that's actually not true. Right. Uh, so, but so, but did you you'd agreed on the original? Correct. Like that was the thing. It's like okay, so we were talking about doing an interview with the number one man. Uh, but I've had Astronaut is number one since I got that record back in April, I guess, April, May, somewhere around there when, uh, when Dean had posted it on, uh, on Twitter, uh, from metal hammer or whatever. And, and as soon as I heard this, I was like, this is it, this is the one, you know, and I, I, there's no other and was wondering if it was going to change all year long and nothing came around to make a change. Not a, not a, you know, layers of stuff that was contenders, but nothing was like going to hit, hit me as hard as that one had. So it just sort of stuck with it. We both agreed even just kind of all along that that was going to be the, that, that was going to be the number one because nothing right. was uh, even comparing to it yet. Right. So, but what that does mean and the point uh, that the, the, the point I'm trying to make and this fucking dreadful segue that I'm trying to build here <laughs> uh, is, is that, uh, oh, well, you must have known that Hardwired <laughs> uh, was, was not going to be your favorite album of the year. Um, even all those weeks ago, in fact, prior to anything coming out, um, what are your um, what are your thoughts on the new Metallica album, Hardwired? Dot dot dot, and business is good. So, I mean, Jeff, do you want to just dive right into the into yeah. the new record? I mean, yeah, that... no, absolutely, just dive straight in. Um, first, well, okay, first up, um, uh, if I want if... the good, the bad, or the ugly, which, which where do we want to go with it? <laughs> Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we just start with whatever you prefer? How about the good? Why don't we Why don't right. we say the good? Well, I mean, I think as far as the good on this album, I think this is one of the best sounding records that they've ever made. Yeah. Uh, I think as far as sonically is concerned, the mix, the drums, like the everything that's in here sounds as good, if not better, than the Black Album, yeah. which was by far you know the the pinnacle of what their their sound mixing and recording could sound like. 
And I think this is as close to that as they could possibly get. And I and it really does sound great, whether it's mastered for iTunes, whether it's the LP. Like I've heard the I've heard the LP, I've heard the iTunes version, and I've heard the CD version. And they are different as far as mastering, but each one is done very well for its specific format, and they do a very good job with it. And so hands down, you got to give them that. Totally the agree. Way it, totally agree. The way it, the way it lays out, they're really smart about the way that they marketed this one. Obviously, for yeah. you know, to see what the sales did. It's not uh, their. They, um, it's they, it's not their first rodeo, is it? You know, they know. No, what they, God, no, you know, no, they know no. what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and two, you know, they they did a good job by pulling the right singles. You know, I think they did a good yeah. job picking the singles like Moth to Flame and some of the. Uh, what was the other one? That, the other one that like the early Atlas, one that they Atlas pulled Rise. On. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and I think they picked the right singles because there were three. It was the the title song, the Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Yes. Uh, like, those were the three-minute songs that were just bangers right out of the gate. Perfect selling songs for this album. You know, like, that was a perfect example of what every Metallica fan wanted. Was... Me, me included. Me included. I completely, I ate that yeah. up. I ate that up. I fell for it. I went, wow, this is going to be fucking awesome. And that's what everybody said. As soon as they heard those songs, they're like, this is going to be a fucking banger. It's going to be a three-minute song. It's going to be exactly what we want. Blah, 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 blah. Don't, you know, Death Magnetic was all these nine-minute songs. What the fuck, you know? And and I knew there's no way that they were going to, be, <laughs> they were going to do it. There's yeah. no fucking way. Yeah. And as soon as I got the record and I saw what it was, I was like, oh, they just disguised all of these six-minute sort of sleepers with these three minute singles that they had popped out and it's just kind of, Oh damn. And they're not bad, you know, but a six minute Metallica riff, uh, when it's the same thing over and over and again, that's, that, that's the hard part. So I'm drifting into the, I'm drifting into the bad and while I'm talking about the good. So, yeah, you know, but we can get into that if you want to go bad on this soon. So, <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I think sonically it's wonderful. Um, I liked the stuff I'd heard prior to it, um, and I was kind of like, right, okay, this is this is this is cool. This is this is really good. Thing. I mean, I, I still think Moth into a, Moth into Flame is a is a, a really really it's a great Metallica song. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely it for me. It's a it's a kind of it's almost like a middle of the road heavy metal album with uh, with bookended by two fast songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, that are totally unrepresentative of everything else that is on there. And and with this album, for me, it really is, it, it, it's kind of like, hey, do you know what? They're just a heavy metal band that happened to have a couple of fast songs. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is it is a heavy metal album. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, there's no kind of nods to thrash or anything. Well, maybe with Spit Out the Bone, but again, I, I, I think that's... Um, I think that's getting fan. You know, it's getting great fanfare. But I, I just think that it, well, it would, wouldn't it? After you've had to trudge through the other seventy minutes to get there, yeah, right. Uh, do you know what but, I mean? But, uh, but at the same time, though, if you're looking at like BPMs or if you're looking at speed and looking at things like that, I mean, uh, they, it's hard to make a case for them being a thrash like thrash thrash band after Ride the Lightning. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, because Master was a completely different look than everything else that they had done. So, I mean, if you compare like over time, like their songwriting, eh, you know, that's I don't know that I'm too worried about like the speed or the the stuff like that. To me, it's about the depth and what they can do and sometimes the different looks, because if Master is the pinnacle of of 
what Metallica could be or Injustice is the is like the top end of what you want from their songwriting. It's been very you just can't get they haven't been able to re- replicate that at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And, yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, I, I say the same thing about my personal favorite band in the world, Iron Maiden. It's the same sort of way. You know where they're never going to be another do another seven son of a seven son. They're never going to be able to do another album like uh, Number of the Beast. They're never going to be able to repeat that. However, you know at least what we're seeing from Metallica on this record is uh, seeing a couple of good songs, like a couple of really good songs. And I think that's more than a lot of bands at this length in their career are getting. You know, having Hardwired and Atlas Rise and Moth of Flame. Those are some solid songs. They're yeah. some really, really solid songs. You know, even Death Magnetic with Cyanide, they still play that one live. And I still think there's some solid songs on Death Magnetic. So being able to put songs that can be blended into the regular repertoire is is something sort of rare for a band at this stage. Yeah, fair point. And funnily enough, leading me on to Death Magnetic or Hardwired? Oh, as far as like which one's better? Or which would you prefer? Which one would you... You know, you got both CDs. Which one's going in the in the player first? I actually kind of like Death Magnetic a little bit better, as far as listenability goes. Yeah. I, well, uh, which... I, yeah. I, 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 the reason I ask is because I'm fascinated because I'm I'm in the rare position of. Well, I, I completely agree with you. I think this album sounds more organic. It sounds more Metallica, and Death mm-hmm. Magnetic sounds more forced. Um, and kind of, you know, Rick Rubin executive produced, if you like, but I'm, but I, I prefer Death Magnetic. Well, and that's the thing is like, I feel, but, but I also feel like, you know, there's some really bad things about Death Magnetic too. Like Unforgiven 3 is just awful. <laughs> you know, that's just like well, one of the worst things that they ever just put that, put that franchise away. We, we don't need that anymore. But when you get to like, bro, uh, what is it? Uh, broken, beaten, scarred or, yeah. um, uh, all Nightmare Long. All yeah. Nightmare Long is like one of the best songs that they've written in the past 20 years. Like, I love that song. I love that so, song. It's one of my ringtones. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 really one of those things where I think it sort of shows you where what kind of Metallica fan you are. Because I think Death Magnetic is for people that are fans of Injustice for All. And Hardwired is for fans of the Black Album. Or Load and Reload. Or well, I, I didn't want to go there because I, I don't know that there's any fans of Load and Reload. <laughs> well, I, well, no, I, I genuinely think it's for me. It for me, it it revisits that kind of Load Reload. Yeah, um, like King Nothing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And J- James is given a you know James is definitely a great performance on the album. He's he's singing he's singing a little bit more, but but it's back. He's he's singing kind of almost soulfully in some places, like Bob Rock taught him. Um, and uh, but but uh, um, lyrically for me it's it's a shit show, um, <laughs> and and I like I love James's lyrics, I really yeah. do, and I think there's some I think there's some great lyrics on Death Magnetic when you know after especially after everything you know they've been through with with Saint Anger and everything else and then but but some of the some of his lyrics on this are you know childish would be complimentary. Um, yeah, it's kind of atrocious, honestly. It uh, and. You know, and I, and I wanted to like the Lemmy tribute, but it felt so ham-handed that it was just kind of like, oh. Yeah. Oh, aces, aces, aces high, aces low, all the aces. Get some aces in you. Yeah, Should I no, say aces I, again? You know? 
it's about as campy as it gets, man. It's like, oh, dude, you know, because what was what he was great at using in the early days uh, was good metaphor. You know, in, in some cases he was speaking directly, you know, whether he's talking about disposable heroes, but in, in, in a metaphoric way or, you know, like, and I just feel like this is so literal in some cases that it just, it, it, this song yeah. is about a moth flying into a flame. Okay. <laughs> all right. What, is, what does that represent? Does that represent humanity? No, it represents a moth flying into a flame. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. Yeah, well, or, or, or even it, 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 or it actually, to, if it was actually being written um, without any subtlety, it would be moth into fame. Yeah, <laughs> nice. And, yeah, nice. hey, you see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, oh, the, uh, seriously, good, man. Right? Seriously, man. There's a future in this. You need to ditch that Irish fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I like it. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Just move him on. Um, but um, no, it, it, yeah, I. I I, I like I said I you know the, the 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 lyrics unfortunately weren't very good. So you were saying the good, the bad, or the ugly. So what's the what's the ugly then? <sighs> Is the album well, cover? Are we going that simple? Well, I mean, I think the ugly it, the, the album by itself. I mean, if you're gonna st- it, it can stand on its own just because of what it's sold so far. I mean, so I mean, you can't really get into that. I think that the ugly for me uh, was the it was beautiful and it was ugly at the same time. Was the marketing campaign. Uh, like they yeah. pushed this thing hard and they yeah. pushed it about as hard as you can see. I've, I haven't seen a record pushed like this in, in a decade, probably since Death Magnetic, actually. You know, so, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen any band that has put together just an onslaught of online, in person. Uh, fuck, they were they're almost calling people up on the phone to tell them to buy the fucking record, you know, like in, in uh, it was unbelievable how this actually was able to cut through all of the fucking noise with the election and everything else with all the stuff. Like this was still coming up in my feed and they were, they just blew it out of the water. And I think the, and I think part of the problem I had with it was like doing a video for every single song. Oh God, really? You know, like that stuff, it's like over the top. And it's like, by the way, you're Metallica. You don't have to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, you could be a little more subtle with it. You don't want to do like Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, by the way, the record's out. But you you want to do something, but I felt like the the ugliest thing about it was like it was a, such a media push that it was painful in some cases. It felt desperate in some cases, and I don't think that they really needed to do that. Well, I, I, we're looking a few weeks since the release, and I would say I'm probably still getting a message either every day or every two or three days. I'm getting notifications from YouTube that there's another Metallica video up for something. It's the mm-hmm. ma- the making of, the making of, the making of the Spit Out the Bone video, you know. Um, and and well, also to pick up something that you guys talked about when you were t- when you were talking about the um, the album as well is, um, of course, Metallica's new opening band, uh, Hammett's Shit Ideas. Um, with me, with me on vocals. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was the, the. I mean, there's a distinct lack of Kirk's ideas on it. But, but to but to be honest, whoever's idea it was that he should improvise solos, they should be taken out and shot in the fucking head. Um, yeah, it's and... it's some of his worst work ever. Well, and and to me, you know, the what I, what I've. I wonder, I you know, not knowing the dynamic, you know how that works. Yeah, you know, was this him? Was this almost like uh, I'm going to protest this by doing the same solo for everybody? You know, was this his protest solos or something? You know, <laughs> Is it just phoning it in or something? You know, I don't know uh, because it felt it felt very flat in a lot of cases. I think that you know, and and I would like to when you only give the main two dudes credit for writing all the songs. 
I think that kind of destroys some of the feeling that you're going to get from the guy that you're supposed to get the feeling from, you know, I mean, Kirk Hammett, we're supposed to like, that's supposed to be what really brings it home is that, is that solo. I mean, that's what did it on so many other albums before. And I feel like that's definitely missing. I wouldn't consider that an ugly, ugly. I consider that more of a bad because it's okay. Like he does a good job with it. It's just not great you know it's yeah. sort of there these kind of fall flat to me but i i again i i mean i've said to a few other people i just i i i feel like this album lacked uh lacked a rick rubin it lacked it lacked somebody with the balls to turn around to james and uh, to james and lars and go whilst you may think it's a good idea now to have kirk improvise solos we're not going to because it's a shit idea believe me yeah you know yeah. they needed a bob rock they needed somebody to say like, okay, Kirk, what are you going to do for the solo? Uh, right, that, okay, right, now you're warmed up. Seriously, what are you going to play? Because you ain't playing that, you know? And, well, and-, and, and I mean, you know, you know, to his credit, you know, who is it? It's Fiddleman, right? It's uh, Greg Fiddleman who's <laughs> yeah. did this one. And he's done, like, he, he did one of one of my favorite records, you know, Snakes for the Divine. He did, high, you know, High on Fire, Snakes for the Divine. Uh, I think he did, I think he was, like, part of it, Metallica, but he wasn't, like, producer. I think this is one of the first ones that he really big produced he also produced lulu i think right okay. i remember right so i mean is he gonna tell him no i don't well no no yeah. i to- i totally agree but i i just think it's basically it, it's you know you need somebody to do that from yes time to time. yeah absolutely and and you, yeah. it's not gonna be it's not gonna be fucking peter mensch or any of that lot because basically yeah. it's just it's just get an album out because that means everybody's getting paid for a few more years you know, yeah. it's it's yeah. ultimately it's in no one's interest to drag the album out any longer. It's in no one's interest to say, no, you need to, you know, you need to take four of those songs off. It's not a double album, guys. You know, you you need somebody who who can really I mean, ultimately, it's only going to come down to the four of them. But you need somebody who's going to say, look, you know, this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. Um but then again, of course, you know, there's another point that comes back to the quality of the drumming on it, the quality of the leads on it and everything else, which is, you know, all four band members are signing off on that, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you can't you can't blame Kirk for shit solos when the rest of the band have signed off on it and gone, oh, that's great, Kirk. Yeah, no, that's a, it's very true. I mean, everybody's got well, and also depends on the structure. I mean, it depends on whether or not they've got like the right to refuse that or not, or or whatever. You know, I mean, where do they where does that stand? I mean, I think that the the Rick Rubin factor on Death Magnetic probably was something that allowed them, you know, made it so that they had to make he probably made them make more tough choices than they were than they wanted to. You yeah, know? and I think it this uh, this feels like they played a or that. Somebody like Fiddleman probably played along a little bit more than somebody like uh, Ruben would, but I mean, I don't know that for a fact, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He's, I mean, it, you know, it's just all reports of it. You've got, you've got basically um, Lars and James both saying that you know um, Greg is a good guy to have between us. He's a good soundboard for us both, which is kind of like yeah. So he was between the two of them, and as opposed to kind of somebody being, do you know, what I mean, above that, saying, "Look, guys, yeah. you know." That this is not a double album. Funnily enough, you know, um, I inter- when I had a chat with um, Brian Slagle, he said, he said, I can tell you now, those guys are huge Maiden fans, and I can tell you, the only reason they'll be doing a double album is because Maiden did. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said it would not surprise me in the least. 
Um, yeah, I could believe that. I, I could definitely believe that. But I mean, you know, still, you know, when you're looking at it, does this a double album make? It is only it's only like 80 minutes long. You know, yeah. they call it a double record because they put it on two CDs or put it on two two pieces of vinyl. But technically, this is really it's really 12 songs. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an album. It's just one <laughs> album just split up differently for packaging purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I would con- which I would consider an ugly part of this because that seems like a way to kind of not not fuck over fans, but I mean, hey, by the way, we're going to charge twenty two dollars for this instead of twelve, or we're gonna, you know, it's it's a it's a way to kind of maximize your dollar out of out of the same amount of stuff that would be on one album. Yeah, you know? yeah, and they're I, basically they kinda yeah, they're sucks. max they're maximizing their revenue. Yeah, totally. And well, yeah. and if anybody knows how to do it, these guys do. You know, I mean. Yeah, well, I, the thing about Metallica that surprises me the most, and this I was thinking about the, when we were talking about uh, doing this chat today, I was like, you know, what really surprises me the most about this band over over their history is that you think back to 2000, you know, when they were the most hated people in the world for shutting down Napster and suing the shit out of Napster and, and all that stuff, put out one of the worst metal records of all time. Saint Anger is by far one of the worst records that's ever been made, alongside Lulu. But these guys are still number one on the Billboard chart with their latest record, and our beloved selling out, selling out stadiums, selling out everywhere they go. It's it's unbelievable the the cult of personality that surrounds Metallica and how big they are. And it just kind yeah. of I don't know. It's 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 so weird to think about just how many missteps they've had over the years, but have still been able to come out clean on the other side. And I mean, this record is not great, but it's not, you know, it's definitely not bad. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, they're still doing pretty good work, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. No, I, I got to hand it to the guys. They're, they're still, you got to get, they're pretty, I don't know any other band that can pull that shit off. <laughs> Maidens, Maidens had to keep their shit as clean as they could possibly keep it all over all these years. I mean, you know, Bruce is a badass, you know, he flies planes and is drug free. It's like that's how they've stayed clean. These guys have fucked it up all over the place and are still on top. That's awesome. True, true. But by the same token, I think you've got. Um, uh, I, I don't know. There's, there is also a kind of um, with with Maiden. I mean, you know, they've just put out one of, or arguably, arguably their best album. Who? Maiden. Book of, Book of Souls is fucking awesome. What? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, it doesn't get it. It it, it. it doesn't do it for you then. Oh no! 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 Oh, no! Oh no. dear! No! 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 Not not even. I mean, and I uh, and I. I pretty much love anything that Maiden does, right? I really do. And, and I mean, I, I I'm gonna. From a fan perspective, I gotta say that you know I like Speed of Light. I like a few of those things, but they suffer for they suffer from a lot of the same things on this last album that they put out that Metallica suffers from here. Whether it's you know double record or whatever, but uh, also talking about like I think lyrically this is probably the one of their weakest albums, you know, with the exception of like Empire of the Clouds or something like that. But you know, it's <sighs> honestly right. like. Uh, wow, it's, it's pushing it! <laughs> wow, it made it into my top five last year. So um, I, th- I, 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 th- I think before we first start having our first um, our, our first fallout 
Uh, um, <laughs> well, I mean, no, and, and like I said, like my <laughs> default, my my default records or my default albums that I go to when I like it when I've been kicked in the nuts or whatever is Iron Maiden. It's like like that's what I listen to hands down more than anything else still to this day. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. And I mean, I, I, and like I said, I did not like hate book of souls, but is this their best record? Yeah, that's, that's a bold statement. <laughs> also, you said they've kept it going a long, a long time. And, you know, Bruce is dropping. I guess we're, I guess we're choosing to completely ignore the blaze Bailey era. Well, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought that was the plan. That's like, what, what? I don't even know who, which guy. I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. There's, there's somebody in the in the middle there. Yeah, apparently, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're going to be talking about Paul Diano too. So no, no. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, Chuck, I I can't thank you enough for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, and um, that that's um that's all I need from you, sir. Um, right on. I'm I've not got... sure if it's uh, enlightening or anything like that, but hey, you know. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. Look, I, I really what I'm looking for is um, is is a, a cornucopia of opinions for people to listen to over the, over the Christmas period, and and right you know some people are gonna, they're going to be shouting at how they much they disagree with one guy, and then they're going to be you know agreeing with somebody else. So I'm just trying to get a real you know really wide um, scale of people who've who've got an opinion on Metallica, and I guess that's the other thing um, that sort of you know. Um, plays into what you were saying about I don't know how they've you know managed to still be number one and all that it's is the fact that as well is that you see so much heated discussion about this album as well I mean mm-hmm. it's like it's just you know people will go to bat for it and people and and, and people will gang up on that person you know it's, yeah, it's, that's just the way of the world nowadays, man. Well, if, you, well, if you've got a differing opinion, pile on. You oh know yeah, no, no, I no, I completely agree. But what I'm saying is that, like, you know, yeah, Megadeth put out a, put out a shit album, which is not unheard of. Well, every other album, uh, um, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah ab- pretty much, absolutely, yeah. And then, and then, you know, and you you get a few Dave Dave uh, fanboys going, no, it's great, but pretty much everyone going, that ah, shit. And then, but Metallica bring an album out, and it's just like you know, half the world thinks this, and half the world thinks it's like everybody piles in, everybody's got an opinion. But I think that the difference between Megadeth and Metallica is, I think Metallica fans they really, really want this to be the best record that they've ever put out. Like they want it more than anything else. Yes. Ever. They yeah. want this to be the best thing. And, and Megadeth fans are like, oh, we want a good record. But Metallica fans really want this to be the best thing ever. And that's what they're that's what they're geared for. So when they get something that's a little less, they're not going to let themselves be disappointed. And I think that's just it's kind of a tribute to Metallica, man. I mean, that's that's how dedicated their fans are. And I mean, you got to yeah. you, you got to give them that, dude. Metallica is they are Metallica for a reason. Yeah, no, and I've I've often said a, ba- a band is only as good as its fans, and Metallica have the best fans. <laughs> Simple as that. Ferocious. Yes. I mean, ferocious. Yeah, and that's a good thing, you know, because but, I don't think there's enough of that in heavy metal nowadays. You know, I wish there were more people that were that were ferociously fans of of bands that were at least a little smaller than Metallica. But uh, and you you find some, but 
You know, that's why if I find something I like, I like to be voracious about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I, if I'm, I'm exactly the same. If I find something I like, I, I will be sharing it with my friends. I'll be shouting it from the rooftops. I'll be taking it, telling anyone who listens that they, that they need to get, you know, this album. Like, I've been talking about that Astronaut for eight months now. <laughs> like, hey, what are you listening to? Well, let me tell you about this one album. I'm going to check it out. All right, this is going to be great. I mean, like, yeah, it's like I'm standing on my soapbox and preaching about it. And that's how I get about everything that I love, you know? So it's like, uh, I don't know if that's good or bad or ugly, but uh, so be it. Well, no, I, 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 you know, I think plenty of people over the years have, um, plenty of people over the years have thanked me for, you know, oh, wow, I remember when you, you know, you turned me, yeah, that was great. That's wonderful, you know, and, and it's, it still freaks me out. I mean, on the back of our, on the back of um, Acid Rain's first album, I'm wearing a Descendants t-shirt. And the amount of people who've come up to me over the years and said, "Dude, you got me into the Descendants." That makes you feel good, though. It feels oh, great yeah. when you when you when you yeah. find, when you find out that you turn somebody on to something. I love that feeling. Absolutely, absolutely, and especially when it's like you know, there's like, oh wow, you know, they're one of my all time favorite bands, you know, and it means so much to me. You just think, wow, that is that's awesome, you know, that really is I, awesome. I mean, there's one thing that I figured out early on was that I suck at making music. So the best I can do is help people find the best of the best. And that's what been kind of my credo ever since I've, you know, started in radio was that, you know, I want to make sure that my my job is to turn you on to something that you may not have found before. And I get that all the time with people that. Dude, yeah. As soon as I heard this, it's they're my favorite band, and I, I mean, that's like the biggest tribute I could possibly get. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and also there was interestingly interesting. I was listening to what you were saying there. Um, there's a there's a, a difference between you and Godless in there as well because you you realised you weren't any good as a musician, whereas <laughs> whereas Godless had to have the rest of the band tell him. Yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah yeah i'm i'm only i'm only kidding godless you know you know i love you i know you're listening uh, i well. fucking know you're listening um <laughs> he is isn't he he's so listening uh, yeah i actually have him in here on the other line he's been, no no, no. <laughs> i can't be, i can't do anything without his approval that's that's why we had to change it up that's it yeah absolutely <laughs> well look chuck i really appreciate your time and we will do this again uh especially when you guys have got a new home um it'd be cool to get you both on and we'll do we'll have a like you know we'll do a little skype round table and um you know share the love well i'm glad uh thank you for having me on man i appreciate you uh you know having having a no name on now uh, you know, <laughs> now, now that we don't have a an actual home anymore so i yeah. appreciate you sinking this low to to, to bring me on and no, uh, and no problem no problem i i'm i'm throwing some virtual coins in your virtual hat on the floor <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> cool man have a good day really appreciate it thanks a lot dude thanks Aaron. cheers man all right bye-bye so is that a voice for radio or is that a voice for fucking radio podcast? You name it. What a top dude. Um, I, I genuinely, genuinely could have just chatted to him for hours. Um, I'd love to get um, Chuck and Godless um, on the podcast once just to actually do a um, uh, Metal Sucks is No More kind of, you know, um, tribute podcast. It'd be great because they are both they are both so so knowledgeable um and just great guests and and just re- really cool people as well um it, it's it well it's just so much of a loving at the moment isn't it but they are they're great honestly um and i hope some of you were listening were listeners to the to the metal sucks podcast because um it was a truly fucking 
awesome podcast. Um, anyway, look, wrapping up part one, because this is going to come in two parts to you, because it, otherwise it would be fucking huge. Um, it'd probably be like a four, four and a half hour podcast, and there's, there's no need for that. Nobody wants that. Um, so uh, so let's get these um, into, I thought, let's just do two nice bite-sized chunks. Um, and just to give you an idea um, who's on the next uh, uh, episode, episode two will feature Mark from Acid Rain, Mark Jackson, drummer. Um, you will also hear from Jonathan, shrapnel drummer, and Nathan, shrapnel guitarist. And you'll also be hearing from Andy Pilkington of Very Metal Art. And last but by no means least, you will be hearing from the metal god that is Malcolm Dome. So, yeah, basically the Rob Halford of heavy metal writers. So that's quite a rocking part two to come. But to finish off part one, um, I hooked up uh, on Skype with Joe from Gamma Bomb to find out what he thought to Hardwired. And, um, and again, some of this is about Metallica, some of this is just general chat. But please, whatever you do, enjoy. Hey, hey. Oh, awesome. Back to life, back to reality. Here we are. Fucking hell. Right, what a struggle, but here we are. Oh, man. <clears throat> so you, you're, you're sat there wearing your Acid Rain t-shirt. Fuck yeah. Get, yeah. Into, the, get into the spurt. I'm doing a bit of painting around the house, you know. You fucking ledge. Yep. You're just a bit, you're just a bit of a legend, aren't it's you? Pretty, I think this is, this is, I guess the joke's on us t-shirt. Was that supposed to be the cover of the EP or something, was it? Um, is it? Is it like the four of us as cartoon characters? Yeah. All oh, right, actually, because I, 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 do you know what? Uh, let me have a look at that, because it's, it's on my phone. Fucking hell. Um, yes, yes, I actually have, I have the... Uh, I've got the prototype of the of the cartoon, um, the very first shirt, um, hanging on my wall at the moment. Cool, awesome man. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a uh, acid rain corner here. It's a bit of a fucking shrine, which is quite amusing, seeing as how you know you'd have a shrine for something that's dead, as it was yeah. for, many, for as it was for many years. And I've had to put like I've got Plan of the Dand up there now, and it's kind of like, all oh, right, okay. And so there's um, uh, there's an under one flag again as well with music for nations. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? With with acid rain on as well. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? <laughs> it's just in fact crazy. It, well, we're supposed to be that there's there's drinks happening later tonight at the crowbar, but I'm not going to make it because I'll be up at the crack of dawn tomorrow to head down to Wales for the uh, for the Christmas show. So you know, yeah. such Ooh. is life. Such is life. Anyway, mate. Right, let's get stuck in before everything crashes again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is a um, uh, uh, welcoming you to the uh, to the podcast again. I think this makes you the first person to actually be on three times. There you go. Back for more. Back for more, indeed. Um, and this is the um, this is going to be the sort of December slash Christmas podcast. Um, which has a distinct Metallica flavour slash theme to it, where I'm trying to get as many different people as possible and just and just get their opinions on hardwired dot dot dot, but who's buying? Um, and um, <laughs> so, dude, what are your feelings? Uh, have you had much chance to play it? You know, how big a role do Metallica play in your in your sort of thrash history? Well, um, obviously, I grew up as a gigantic Kill 'Em All fan. You know, same as yourself, I'm sure. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, obviously as you get kind of get a bit older and more into the underground stuff, you probably have less time to kind of listen to all that kind of stuff. But I kind of grew up in the 90s, so my first Metallica album, a proper, was Load. So I have a kind of soft spot for that kind of for that, that era. Kind of year of Metallica, Load, Load, Garage Inc. and stuff. Okay. And there's actually kind of quite a lot of that sort of sound on Hardwired to... You know, whatever it is, hardwired. <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know that that's that's essentially um, f- for me for me. Yeah, that's that's a bad thing for for me. But you know, never mind. It's not this is not about my opinion. So so do you find do you find yourself sort of gravitating towards you? Has it has it got a, has it got a nice kind of? Oh, this reminds me of the nineties feel. Well, you know, I, you know, in the in the big scheme of things, nobody wants to be overly reminded of the nineties, and you know. <laughs> I, I am a huge fan of Load and Reload because, you know, it's better than Risk, I guess. But, you know, obviously everybody wants another Master of Puppets. But, you know, I think that Metallica have done pretty well in terms of trying to incorporate bits of, you know, the like, you know, they're obviously very pop, uh, comfortable with the Load kind of groovy riffs and, you know, some of the more uh, upbeat and Justice for All kind of rhythms. But... I don't know, for an album that took eight years, where are the riffs? Are there any riffs as good as any of the riffs on Master of Puppets on it? Well, it's funny you should say that, because I don't, I mean, I, 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 I don't use, my, my calling cards for Metallica, despite the fact that, you know, I got into them, I got into them on, you know, Ride the Lightning, and, and you know, I've, I've, they've ceased to be that band for many years for me. That's, that's yeah. just too far ago. Um, occasionally you see flashes of brilliance and I, and I, I think from my point of view there's more flashes of brilliance on, on Death Magnetic than, than there is on Hardwired um, but, that, but I, I mean I would say great riffs on uh, Spit Out the Bone I, I really like Moth into Flame I actually uh, I like Hardwired the song I mean it's, it's kind of dumb as fuck but it works because Hetfield's swearing and I love that yeah that was on very surprising to hear him swearing, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I, I've got to be but honest, I, I, you know. I, other than that, I, I'd, I'd agree because I've, I've heard people say, um, sorry, I cut across you there, but I've heard people say, oh, there's, there's great riffs on this album, but it's, it, it's very fucking sludgy for me, you know. It, yeah, well, like you know, like I suppose if we talk about specifically the fast stuff, like Hardwired and Spit Out the Bone, I think there's definitely a lack of, I don't know, like you know, everyone makes fun of Metallica for you know E and you know, using E for absolutely everything, but it is like you know the album is probably about sixty percent open open E notes. You know, yeah. And I guess maybe maybe this is something that happens older bands, but they're really getting into kind of maiden syndrome. I suppose this was here in Death Magnetic as well, where the intros just kind of go on and on and yes. on. You know, yeah. Well, uh, that's a good spot. I di- I have found myself finding some of the in- but having said that i've also found it the other way where i've engaged with the song up front and thought oh this is this is a good intro this and, and then the song never actually seems to go anywhere it, it never it never delivers on an, on the promise yeah like i think in terms of obviously spit out the bone and hardwired are the kind of attempts to sort of you know please i guess a lot of the sort of thrash fans and stuff but some of the best stuff on the album is probably stuff like now that we're dead you know they seem to be really comfortable in that kind of semi-groovy, you know, like here comes revenge kind of mode, yeah. which is cool. But you know, obviously, if you're looking for some speed speed thrash, you may look elsewhere. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Which, and, and, you know, they, they kind of bookended the album with the two Thrash songs, which is interesting. Um, and I, funnily, you mentioned Here Comes Revenge, because for me, I, I, I like it as a song. But unfortunately, I only like five and a half minutes of the totally <laughs> needless seven and a half minutes. It's, it's funny as well, isn't it? Because whenever you listen to a song like that, if you compare it to the next two songs, um, you know, Am I Savage and Murder One, you know, it makes Here Comes Revenge look like a masterpiece. There's just some album songs on the album, like especially that Motorhead tribute where you're like, what were you thinking, guys? This is this is extremely, you know, low, low quality stuff. Well, I have to say, I think for, for me, um, you've just mentioned something there, which is Am I Savage, which I I frankly struggle to listen to without laughing. Um. Uh, it just it just doesn't work on any level for me, and 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 the "Am I Savage?" scratching at the door lyric just makes me want to fucking piss myself laughing. It you know it, it's right up there. Well, that's, that's you know something we should probably talk about. Like you're a lyricist, you know I read some lyrics as well. Like we've probably both been extremely inspired in the past by you know master puppets lyrics and things like that. Oh, but by the by lyrics by on the are particularly bad. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I, I like Hetfield, and I think, I think he's a master lyric writer, and, and I think, I think there's some fantastic lyrics on Death Magnetic. There really is some stunning lyrics on Death, Death Magnetic, but on this album, um, I don't know. It's, it, 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 do you know? I, I don't. I can't believe I'm going to say it. It's really dumbed down. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I really do expect more from. From Hetfield, um, and I, and I just well, I, I, th- I think some of the best, the best thing. Sorry, Sorry go on ahead. No, go on. Yeah, you go. I was just going to say some 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 of the best things on the album are his singing. I think the lyrics are generally pretty bad, but like there's a lot of songs like Confusion and Dream No More where the, some of the best things about it are his vocal melodies and yeah, his voice is in great shape. You know. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd agree with that. I mean, everyone's saying it's a great performance from Hetfield, and 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 it is. And and who knows? Maybe the next album he'll be able to combine some great lyric writing, a la Death Magnetic, and some great vocal performances, a la Hardwired. Um, and 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 you know, I'll be happy, which of course is Metallica's, you know, main agenda to make me happy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know we should probably mention as well. You know, musicianship on the album. I think maybe Lars's drumming has taken a step step up slightly, or maybe Pro Tools has. I think, <laughs> that, I think that the bass is generally really cool. It's probably some of the best bass playing on a Metallic album in a long time. Absolutely, yeah. Take that box. Um, I I can't. I, I've got to admit, I'm 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 not just I'm not just jumping on the Lars bandwagon for the sake of it, but I still feel on this album and I've said this before to somebody else I still feel like the like the drums the drums lag behind the album they don't drive the songs there's no yeah. no songs where the where the drums are fucking driving it you always feel like the guitars are in charge and the drums are following yeah definitely and there's definitely a lot of parts on this album with double bass that seem uh, fanciful to say the least uh yeah and also I, I, I you know if you if you're gonna have an in, if you're gonna play an entire drum kit, then use it because frankly, all he needs is a hi hat, snare, and cymbals, and and that that smashing the hi hat at the same time as the snare that he is absolutely in love with. Somebody should just hit him with a big stick every time he does that and say, <laughs> "No, Lars, 
No Lars, bad Lars. Bad Lars, no do that. Because it's fucking horrible. So what What about the whole concept of the album as a double album? You know, I think everyone would agree that the first half of the album or the first five songs are definitely its top-loaded album. They're the best songs in the album. Yeah. But did it deserve to be, you know, a double album? What well, Does it well, seem like one? Well, funnily, funnily enough, Brian Slagle um, was on the podcast a, um, a couple of months ago. And he, he's very good friends with Metallica to this day. And, and he, he said, he said, I'll bet you any money that Metallica are putting a double album out because Maiden did. Because they fucking absolutely worship Maiden. Yeah, that would um, make sense. And I have to say, it's vastly inferior. I mean, Book of Souls was in one, it was one of my albums last year and I'm still playing it. It's fucking fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a, a very good point. It's top loaded. I mean, to if... Disc two is shit for me, and I think the only thing worth saving off it is maybe, well, is is spit out the bone. Which again, I think people are, I think people are jizzing off about spit out the bone a bit too much. I've seen people saying it's the best thing they've done since Justice and stuff like that, and I'm just, I just fail to see how yeah. that song is that good because it's still, it's a great tune. Don't get me wrong, but it's still got too much fat on it. It's still too fucking long. Yeah, and the chorus isn't very good on it either. You know, it's got a lot of problems. Um, yes. <laughs> well, there you go. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think it's I think it's a one-disc album. Yeah. And one of the things, I guess, that's probably worth mentioning is that Iron Maiden and Judas Priest are bands who can look back on their career and say, we're going to write a song exactly like Peace of Mind or we're going to write a song exactly like, you know, this year and pull it off. You know, Death or Glory sounds like it could be off one of those albums, whereas Metallica... And Megadeth have never really been able to do that. They're always it always seems as if they're trying to imitate their earlier work instead of just continue from it. Well, it's interesting because now we go in now we, we we're straying into an area that that I'd, I'd like to ask you about because I think a lot of people have said and uh, um, a lot of people have said that Hardwired sounds more genuine. It sounds more like Metallica, whereas Death Magnetic sounded contrived. Now I. I'm in a strange position of kind of agreeing with that, but still preferring Death Magnetic. What's what's your take? Um, I'm not a big Death Magnetic fan. I know that there was a lot of hoopla about you know Rick Rubin making them return to their roots. I don't think. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of fast songs on Death Magnetic where it's like sped up versions of load riffs, and I think it's the same. This album kind of seems as if Metallica are more comfortable doing some mid-pace stuff without being told that you have to play fast. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and there's and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. No, absolutely not. I, I, but but I, I think I, it's I would a, absolutely love to see Metallica. Sorry, I was going to say I would absolutely love to see Metallica, you know, make an album to the eighties formula, you know, where it was like fast opener, title track, slow yeah. brooding song, and then a ballad. You know the way yeah. a lot of eighties albums have a similar kind of structure. Well, you mean how you mean how the, uh, you mean how Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets are incredibly fucking similar in that vein. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I to be honest, I mean, I I I've, I stopped thinking of Metallica as a thrash band a long time ago, and I think and and I don't, you know, I certainly don't view Death Magnetic as a thrash album. No, and I, I I'm, I'm with this album. I think you know this album is is basically Metallica are a heavy metal band who've got a few fast songs. Uh, I mean, on on this particular album, two songs. Um, but it just seems weird to me that 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 with two thrash songs. And 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 to kind of use a um, a, 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 apply a comedy law to this, 
you know, you, your golden rules of comedy is like your strongest gags. You know, you open with your strongest gag, you close with your strongest gag. You know, that's yeah. that's it. And, and, and I, you know, I just kind of wonder that, you know, if, if Metallica are aware that they feel that Hardwired is the best way of opening the album and Spit Out the Bone is the best way of closing the album, I just kind of wonder what the fuck happened in between. Well, I think it's the classic thing, you know, that you find bands like Megadeth doing it now as well, where release the thrashiest songs and then you get the best catchment of people. You know, you're going to get people interested who haven't listened in a long time because you're advertising that as being a fast album. And then whenever people get it, you know, they can discover otherwise. But like all those bands, Megadeth did that with the last album. All the initial songs were kind of fast ones. And then when the album came out, obviously people realized that kind of most of the album was just normal Megadeth. Crap. So are you are you not a, you're not a fan of dystopia then? No, like I think it's probably got it's it's got four about three or four pretty good songs on it. You know, I could probably say that about many of the Megadeth albums from the two thousands and stuff. But I guess it's probably very difficult to find any inspiration to want to write good songs when you have millions and millions of pounds. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I, it's like anything else, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know, you. The greatest art comes through struggle. I must say that at least once a week. Um, so you know, when 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 there's no more struggle, it's it, it's more difficult to write. But I think it, yes, and then I you know you, you can knock this about all day. But then you know I listen to I listen to Book of Souls, and I think that's a fucking band. You know, beyond the twilight of their career, and it's one of the best albums they've ever made. And I, yeah, you know, album since if you were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. And I just, and I, you know, I just, I just think, I don't know. You know, I'm always kind of like with Metallica. I always feel like, you know, it's one of those end of term reports. Must try harder. <laughs> what, what, what do you think then? I guess we haven't talked about this. The cover art. Um. Do you know what? I, I again. Again, I have long forgotten about Metallica actually having a decent fucking album cover. I mean, they had they had that fucking vagina on the front of Death Magnetic. <laughs> um, they had Load was the beginning of the end. Do you know what I mean? Blood and jizz. Well done, boys. You know, I don't know what you're trying to do there. And then being sat on the back looking like fucking junkyard at their uh, at their you know their card table. Uh, I, yeah. So basically. I don't think, I, I think, you know, the artwork to Hardwired, here we go. What would I give it? My, my, my line on Hardwired, the cover art, would be from the band that brought you Lulu. <laughs> you know, that's what I think of the album cover. It's very 90s. Well, it's, it's very fucking Lars, isn't it? He loves, he, he loves, a, he loves his, um, his, he loves his art, you know, as we've, as we've seen, he loves selling it too. Um, and um, and yeah, you know that's that's it. Yeah, it's it's. Do you know what? I'm going to pay it the ultimate disrespect. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. It's just <laughs> nah. It's just there. Yeah. 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 I guess. I guess it's one of those things, isn't it? Like I suppose you could probably say the same about the guitar solos. You know, they're just they're just there. It doesn't make you feel any way in particular, just because there's no there's probably. One bit on the entire album where I was like, "Oh, 
Fox Olo kind of is going a bit somewhere, but, you know. Well, it's funny you should say that, because every time I hear a guitar solo, I can picture Bob Rock sat sat at the control desk, shaking his head and saying, (laughs) right, you've warmed up, now play the solo. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then in playing the solo... And, and Bob Rock just going, uh, no, no, you, you know, hey, Mr. You know, m- m- Mr. Fucking Guitar Hero, Mr. Hall of Fame, do better than that. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I've said this to other people as well. I, I just feel I feel the album suffers from a lack of a full on producer. Um, I, I, I think that album would have been better with Rick Rubin. Overseeing it, someone somewhere being involved with the album and just saying somebody with more power than Greg Fieldman to actually turn around to Jason, James, and Lars and say, "No, sorry, guys." I don't think that person exists. You know, I know. Yeah. I'm not uh, well, like, it did on Death Magnetic, and it was Rick Rubin. They did what they were told. Yeah. Well, like I, I'm not going to mention names here, but I know somebody who worked with Megadeth, and whenever they yeah, were yeah, do, off, do do I know him too? Well, yeah, you might do. But whenever <laughs> they were complaining to Mustaine about the quality of the songs on the album, Mustaine's response was to ring the record company and get them to give this person a bollocken. So there's definitely a kind of thing there where it's like, listen, we're not paying you for your opinions on this music. Your job is just to, you know, say everything's brilliant and that that is in time, even if it's not. Well, I, I I agree, I agree, and that person is missing, and it was Rick Rubin, and it was Bob Brock around the time of the Black Album, where I I think Metallica was still hungry, so they'd never had anyone turn around and say, hey, how about playing that in, you know. You know, or how about putting a melody in here and then going, well, how about you fucking and shutting up? Do you know what I mean? They were used to just going in and doing their thing. And yeah. uh, and they and they were still hungry then. They wanted to do something different and, and they took shit from Bob Rock to make it work. And I just... Obviously, they're not those guys anymore. You know, they're not that age anymore. But I would have loved to... I'd love to have had a, you know, a... Uh, uh, a, 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 not even a contemporary producer, but just a voice in there of someone saying, "Guys, that's fucking average." You know, you can yeah, do. Lars Ulrich's dad is who you mean. They needed to get him to produce. <laughs> I would delete it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but do you know what I mean? I just, I just feel that there was just there was too much respect, too much. You know that you know both James and Lars have said that Greg Fieldman was it was is a great guy to bounce off ideas and and have in between them and it's like no you don't need to be in between them you need to be above them. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's if if you think about back to whenever Metallica made that documentary, they were working on an album that was you know subsequently canned that didn't release. But if you watch the documentary, the people the two guys who managed you know Cliff Bernstein and that. They would have been over the moon to release anything with Metallica. Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. that those people give a crap about what they are. They're just like, no. whatever. If you guys just fart into a microphone, we're going to release that but, and it'll be broken. Do you know what? You've, you've hit on a very important point there. And, 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 you know, I've said this before. Metallica is a multi-million dollar business. And, yeah. and, and there is four people at the top of that business. And well, it is, and it is, and it is in, yeah, well, too, yeah, and it's in absolutely no one's interest to question the validity or quality of product that's coming out 
just get product out because with product out means exactly. everybody but, keeps their jobs for a few more years. That dude, that is a hundred percent. Like hundreds of people are employed by Metallica. It's the same, you know. And I think this is kind of disgraceful. The situation with Motorhead over the last couple of years. Motorhead, you know, employed many many people, and I think probably they were on a road for on the road for a long time when it was probably in Lemmy's best health or best interest not to be on tour. But there's lots of people who depend on it to make a living, so it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, let's let's keep this wagon rolling, you know? Yeah, to, to be fair, he does strike me as the kind of person that um, went out went out the way he wanted to go out. And I'm, I, I, I think there's yeah. also a case for certainly band members saying, for fucking hell's sake, Lemmy, look, we shouldn't be on the road. You should be at home. And him going, fuck it, I'm, I want to be on the road. And it's, you know... It's against against all advice. He went ahead and did it anyway. Um, but you know, I, I I genuinely don't know. Neither do I. I like I, I saw them last year at, or was it the year before at Glastonbury, and after he did Aces Bades, he launched into Bomber and started singing Aces Bades. You know, when things like that happen, that's when you need to forget what management and everything's saying and just say, right, okay, never yeah. mind. Going home. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. It's. Um, well, let's hope, let's hope Metallica don't end up in that stage. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Although I've I've seen Lars uh, commenting saying he's not you know he's not sure they'll be able to play like you know the batteries and the master of puppets of this world the you know when when they get older. And I was thinking, well, to be fair, he he's been doing a fucking horrendous job of playing those songs for quite a few years now. Yeah, he should be playing an electric drum kit that he only has to kind of tap. Would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've got two huge Metallica uh, fanboys in my band, um, but but they but they are both kind of of the opinion that like Jesus Christ, Lars, you know what you're doing? Why, wh- you know, just up your game for fuck's sake. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think that that would even remotely appear. Like, I think I saw one of the things they playing in New York recently, and his drumming was particularly bad. And that's why I mentioned, you know, earlier we were talking about the drumming on the album. There's some very kind of suspect double bass parts near the ends of song. Yeah, songs or rules where you're like, um, why you even write that if you know you're if you can't play battery, you're not going to play this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, look, just to finish off, because I'm, 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 I'm trying to like sort of do 25 minute bite-sized chats with everybody so to finish to finish off and, and you know what what's your uh, what's your kind of you know your feeling that you've taken away from hardwired i'm not going to ask you for marks out of 10 um, okay but but you know entirely up to you if you want to do that but um you know what what's your kind of takeaway from that album well you know i didn't really enjoy death magnetic so i thought it was better than i was expecting it to be you know i enjoyed the justicey kind of stuff I enjoyed some of the load stuff and at some of the singing, but I thought there was way too much low, slow, boring riffs, way too many intros, and just like man, eight years of eight days, it's it's not so good. It's like waiting for the Godfather three, maybe not as bad as that, but <laughs> I know I know someone will really appreciate that um, uh, that that reference. Um... That's cool, man. Well, look, Joe, um, thank you very much. You've completed the hat trick, the first person to three appearances. Well, um, and um, uh, I'm now going to switch this off, and we can uh, and we can have a proper chat. So, right, thanks a lot, mate. No problem, man. 
So there you go, folks. That is the end of part one. That's disc one. That's disc one of um, Rewired dot 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 to disappoint. Um, Um, That is um, first disc, disc one, part one. That is your first bit of Christmas heavy metal conversation. Um, I'm going to leave it there. There's no song coming at the end here um, because uh, we're just going to, you know, slip straight into part two. Um, that's going to be arriving between Christmas and New Year if my laptop hasn't given up the ghost by then. Um, I would, you know, I would put more on it. I'd, I would try and do part two now, but there would be little point in that because, um, I don't know, I just want to try and get this. I want, now I've finished this podcast, I've got to try and export the bastard, then upload it without the laptop crashing or um, just dying on me. So there you go. Two part podcast, part one over. Part two to come. Uh, I hope you're really enjoying whatever you're doing, wherever you are. I hope you're having a great Christmas or winter festival. Um, and if you're not religious, uh, well done. Good on you. You're not an idiot. Uh, <laughs> no, that's 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 extremely patronising. I do apologise. Um, look, whatever you do, just remember, buy presents, eat food, get drunk. If you don't drink, take some drugs. If you don't um, do drugs or drink, then, um, you know, do someone else <laughs> whatever it is that you do at christmas um i hope you're enjoying yourselves uh stay well and part two will be coming up between christmas and new year speak to you soon guys bye <laughs>